Hello and welcome to episode 27 of my podcast. Today I am talking to Andy Cannon. Andy is a lifelong friend of mine. We have known each other for over 15 years. We have grew up together. We have seen each other at our best and we've seen each other at our worst. Uh, We've always been there for each other through everything. We played in bands together for many years. I was best man at Andy's wedding a couple of years ago. Um, I've trained Andy and he uh, done amazing there. And throughout Andy's whole life, he has had depression, um, which he told me he was willing to come on and talk about on the podcast and open up about that um, in the hope that it would help others in a similar situation and I can't thank him enough for doing that. Um, I really hope that you guys enjoy the podcast and hopefully some people can get something out of it. What I will say is we had planned to go into some other things. Just like myself, Andy has had battles with alcohol in his life. Um, And we had planned to kind of go into that in detail. However, when it came to it, Andy just kind of held back and didn't really really open up in that sense, which is totally cool because I would never want anyone talking about anything that they weren't okay with opening up about and talking about. So that is not a problem. I just think that probably opening up so much about his mental health and his uh, childhood and growing up and things, he he just maybe wasn't in a place at that point to keep going further, uh, which is totally fine. However, since we've done the podcast, we've spoke and Andy wants to do a part two and get into that in kind of more detail, which is which is awesome. So yeah. We can uh, maybe call this part one, and if give it, you know, if anyone gets anything from it, uh, give me some feedback. Uh, that's always appreciated. And here it is, my chat with Andy. Andy Cannon, how are we doing? Good. How are you? All good, thanks. Just had a. Nice wee brunch with yourself. Yeah, a wee coffee. Even though you didn't eat anything. Ah, I just needed a coffee. What's been going on recently, man? Ah, not Not much, seen you in a while? Just uh, being a, 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 a... Well, what's the word? Like I don't know, you tell me. future father. <laughs> yes, that is <laughs> future true. Future dad. That is happening soon. When is that happening? Uh, end of September. End of September. Not no far, man. That's yeah. exciting times. Exciting, but breaking it. Yeah, we'll talk about that later on. So, we're on uh, the podcast today to discuss various things, eh? Various things? (laughs) Um, We've been planning it for a while, and finally got you locked down. That's it. And doing it. Um, So, thanks so much for for coming through and and doing it, first of all. You're welcome. We'll start off... Well... Just basically, why are we doing this? We've known each other a long, long time, going back 15 years. 
Is it as long as that? Aye, aye. We were, <laughs> we were talking about it. We were talking about it earlier. I was 16, so that's 15 years ago. Yeah, 15 years, man. So it's a long time. So, and throughout that whole time, we've been really close. So we've obviously seen the highs and lows of each other. The highs, the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Aye, and obviously. You know, you trained with me as well, yeah. um, which which is obviously a a big thing, given the fact that it's a DC Fitness podcast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, loads of stuff. Um, Got to get so that plug in there. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> so yeah, two thousand three. I think they came to the conclusion it was when we met. Uh, you were in DB sixty eight at the time, very popular Glasgow pop punk band. Well. That's At the time, man, probably the, the best pop punk band cutting about. Well, and I disagree with that. But I was playing in uh, what would have been Lost for Words at the time to then become my Action Gear exit. Yep. And that's when we met, and I just looked at this sexy dude with this amazing <laughs> voice playing an orange guitar, and I was like, man, this guy's class. I want to be like him. And uh, befriended you basically, <laughs> 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 and they've been, been been pals ever since. Um, so, on that note, obviously we met through music. Music's probably the con been one of the constants in our friendship. So, talk to us about you and music. Oh, How yeah. did it? Where where did it start in terms of playing music, picking up a guitar, or whatever? Playing music and picking up the guitar. Oh man, let me see. Um, if I'm going right back to the start, it would be um, my dad's record collection and seeing his Watkins rapier. Uh, is it a, is it a Raptor or rapier? I don't. I think it's rapier. I need to look that up. There's a Watkins guitar that was a copy of a Strat. They're rubbish, but I think <laughs> they're actually collectible now. Right. But he had this thing sitting there, and he told me and my brother Pete, "Don't touch this." <laughs> so immediately, as a kid, you're going to go. What age were you? Like, a, literally, a, a young um, kid. I would probably say, look, it's not young, young. Look, I would say getting on for look ten and stuff. Look, once you start getting interested in music and going, yeah. "What is this?" Because before that point, I think you kind of generally just hear noises and just. Babies kind of dance to rhythms and stuff. Like, it's an intrinsic thing. I think there's something in people that sort of gravitate towards, like, a yeah. rhythm. There's actually a thing. Um, see, uh, I was listening to something the other day to talk about um, the chatter of birds. See, because it's not an actual uh, linear um, melody and it's all just random, that's what actually wakes you up. So apparently, like the human brain, like gravitates towards order and all that. So right, okay. like, rhythms and stuff. Where did you hear this? Is this a podcast or something? Ah, a podcast. I can't mind what one it was. I think it might have been Blind Boys podcast. It's a good one. Anyway, like, I'm going off on a tangent. Anyway, basically, um, it was when I seen my dad's guitar, and I was like, I need to figure out what that is. Look, like, how does that work? And he always had his amp covered over. It's the one that Pete's got, an old Vox AC15. And um, just seeing that sitting there, he used to always play the Beatles as well. And he'd be playing his tapes. So we'd go in the uh, car, 
journeys where we'd be getting um, loads of tapes of the Beatles, the Rolling Stones and all these cool bands and he had a fascination for um, female singers as well. I don't know if that's maybe influenced my... Uh, I'm quite gravitated towards melody and stuff, so maybe that's um, played into it. But with music, that's where it all started. So it's like basically my dad's playing me um, all these records and then eventually, uh, eventually doing that thing with the tapes... This is for all the old people, by the way, because most people don't know what tapes are. And um, Dr. Fox uh, <laughs> chatting through all your favourite tunes uh, and all that, do you know what I mean? Because uh, you used to be like... Um, Dr. Fox, the guy in the radio. Aye, Dr. Uh, Fox, the guy in the radio. Because he used to always be like... He'd cut off your favourite bit of the chorus at the end and all <laughs> that. And you'd be like, Jesus, give us a break, man. <laughs> um, but so... You, at that point, knew you wanted to play the guitar? Because you saw your dad's guitar? No, no that was just interest. That was, like, at that point, it was just interest. And I remember like, um, showing my auntie that I could play a tune using like one finger, just going... <laughs> and she goes, ah, that's very good. Clearly thinking, that's, that's, that's pish, son. But she was just trying to encourage me, do you know Aye. what I mean? Can I swear on this, by the way? Aye, okay. Um, just in case there was some kind of thing but um basically that that was just the interest and then that peaked probably around when i went to secondary school or high school depend depending on mine's was a secondary school we were only posh so high school's the posh thing in glasgow isn't it or is it i don't know i think i don't know maybe well <laughs> I, we used to see it that way but maybe i'm wrong i don't know anyway that's besides the point. Once I went to, probably around about twelve-ish, started listening to like. I remember Spin Doctors. This is really embarrassing, man. Spin Doctors was one of the big things, like Two Princes, and I was obsessed with that. And I thought I really want to play the, play the drums, because they had a big drum fill. So I was like, aye, right, uh, drums would be good because I was too shy to be a front man. I, there's no way I was going to sing. And I was even too shy to play the guitar because by that point, I was quite a, an exuberant kid when I was younger. And then I got self-awareness and self-conscious at quite an early age. don't know why that was. I think I just got more self-aware. I knew uh, where... I, Maybe misplay. I don't know what. Well, the funny thing say. is, obviously, people listening to this that don't know you, you actually did turn out to be a front man and a guitar player. So yeah, well, it ended up that's more through yearning to be like the people that I've I seen that I that inspired me. Like I would see people and go, I'd love to be like that. Kurt I Cobain. bet you, I, yeah. Well, him, Kurt Cobain was one of the main ones. That's what I was going to get to. Like. When I heard that, like it was, I ended up buying. They used to have like Britannia um, tapes where you could just buy a whole bundle of tapes and a a bulk, so you get like five tapes. This is when my dad went mental at me, bought five tapes, but you would get them on a deal. But you'd have to like it was a whole subscription thing, so you'd have to subscribe. 
to that. So that was you for months having to pay. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realise that. I just Aye. thought, free tips. <laughs> you get five free. <laughs> so I, I, I put that in and my dad went mental. And I think I got, like, do you know what? I only, this is how, like, record shopping when you were a kid, that's how it used to be because you didn't have the internet and stuff. So you just go, does the record um, cover look cool? Ah, that looks cool. And I seen the neutral cover and I went, that looks amazing. And um, we went. I went through a few albums. There was like In Excess, which is don't know is that embarrassing. It's probably a good album. I'd need to go back and listen to it to know if it was. But um, I went through all that and I got a neutral. And for some reason, it struck a chord. And that's one of the heaviest albums. And it's without a word of a lie. I think it just came at the right time because I'd I was looking for something like that. I didn't know at the time, but I was looking for something that whole teenage angst thing, and that just hit right on the mark. And once I heard that, I, I researched more. I didn't know he was dead at the time. My brother had to tell me after the fact. He goes, you know he's dead? I said, no, he's not. Nirvana, no Kurt Cobain, in case anyone isn't Aye. sure. Oh, well, you did say Kurt Cobain, Nirvana, didn't you? Aye, you? that was before, Aye. but then you talked about something else, and then you just said in the throat. Oh, and neutral, right? Just yeah, sorry, I should be, I should be more specific. <laughs> it's all good. I am, um, so yeah, like Nirvana um, was a big thing for me, and um, he, I, my brother told me that he was actually, he passed away, and it was just like a pure mind blown, and that gave me, like, an, I, I don't know why that resonated so much, but I think it's because I knew, look, I wasn't going to get any more new music and it inspired me. As soon as I heard, like, Nevermind, I was like, oh, these are pop songs. I want to do this. I remember the exact same. I listened to Nirvana, my cousin, my cousin or something like that, and I was like, this is so good. And he told me, he's like, oh, he's, he's dead, by the way. And I was pure... Gutted. I, I was only yeah. a young boy, but I was, like, so gutted. Yeah. The fact that he was dead. I, know I just couldn't process uh, it. I As you say, you're like, no other music, no new albums. It's it's gotten. I know, and such that he looked cool as well because he was handsome. Even although he said he was a misfit, he was a handsome guy. Do you know what I mean? Like that's one thing they don't actually mention about Kurt Cobain. If you look at the guy's face, he is a handsome uh, guy. So straight away you're just like, I want to be that guy. Like that's who I would as aspire yeah, to be if I could. Definitely. Obviously, I can't, but like that, that, that wasn't. Um, you, you would try your best to get to that point because in school, you, you're I was shy, so I was kind of like, right, that's my salvation, that's my wee. That became. Were you different in school from other, other kids? Um, not, not so much. I drifted away though. I wasn't a popular person, like I would say. I would like, about yourself? Um, I had three friends in school, Kenneth Robertson, Desi, and Michael Tracy. And we weren't particularly geeks. We just weren't even, we were kind of like the unseen. We stood around the corner of the science block and just weren't really there. Um, and they all talked about weird things. The, the, the oddest thing is that I, I haven't kept touch with any of them. Because I realised... I was about to say, I've never heard of them before. I, I've never ever... Um, I think we just gravitated towards each other because we kind of knew we weren't... 
we kind of knew we didn't fit. Yeah. And we're just kind of like, all right, okay. How are you? <laughs> like, yeah. It's just kind of, I don't know. So you pl- are you playing music at this point? Um, Starting to. Learning so, the guitar and stuff? Uh, learning the guitar because we couldn't find anyone that could sing. So I wanted to play the drums. We couldn't find anyone that could sing. So I eventually started to learn the guitar because Pete had already started. Pete is my brother. He had already started playing the guitar. And me and him started doing this duo thing where we would, I would sing and he would play the weed and I would play guitar. My dad was kind of teaching us Beatles songs and stuff. So it was like twist and shout and all these kind of things. And that was the best. I now know, I didn't appreciate it when I was younger, but I now know that that, that was definitely the best lesson I'd ever learned. Because he'd based, he'd kind of shown us the format for a pop song without even knowing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it was like the... It gave us a deeper appreciation of music. Not that I'm saying that someone that doesn't play music doesn't appreciate it, because they can on the same level. It's just a different appreciation yeah, of definitely. music. Um, so that that was kind of what I dove in, into. And then it went into the teenage years, then security, not really doing that well with girls, not really doing... Did, did, did you know at this point that music was something that you wanted to do with your life? Um, or was it just a kind of hobby? Probably secretly. You in a band? Pro- probably secretly. At this, no, um, at this. Not at this. No. Well, we, we attempted to do a band with... Um, there was a guy called Craig Travers who was quite popular in school, so we thought, he's going to be the singer, obviously. And um apologise if he ever hears this, but he couldn't really sing. So that's what drove me into singing and took me away from the drums. So, like, you kind of, it's one of those, it was like that way where we couldn't get members, so we were just like, I need to do this. Yeah, he's done it yourself. It was out of necessity more than actually. Because obviously Pete then turned into a drummer. At, at one point, at, yeah, like later on, that was way later on, because we, like, we went through that whole thing where I got my first girlfriend, ended up, that ended. Like, me and him used to play in a band um, he was playing guitar and then that whole period of my life changed like, like I'd travelled there's a long story behind that it's probably too long to tell just now but um, if you want to go up to when Pete started playing and I, I met you then yeah like basically when DB started that was a restart because I went through like my teens um, without playing music for a while. I got up to a point, probably about 15 or 16, when we were playing music quite a lot in bands. And um, I'd got into like, self-harm and all these kind of things when I was about 14, 15. Just uh, really not liking what i seen in the mirror or what I... Just everything. Yeah. Oh, just the... U- I was going to say the usual. It is quite Word. common, but well, more common than what people would maybe think. Yeah, it's probably not. Uh, it's probably not really mentioned a lot. Yeah, it, it happens more than it's actually talked about. But um, I started self harming and doing all that kind of stuff. I don't really know where that came from. Um. 
that's probably going back further. Really? Yeah. I because I should I talk about that? I don't know. No, we'll, we'll carry on. Um, basically, ended up not playing music for a while and um, went got into a wee bit of a bad state, like sort of depression and stuff, and not really. Um, I'm talking about maybe 17 yeah. to 18, maybe 19. Right. Okay. So you didn't play music throughout those years? Uh, yeah, there was a, f- a time where it just it just didn't happen, and and that was that kind of killed me though, because music became like yeah. a thing. Yeah. I don't want to say religion, but probably similar to what. No, actually, that's disrespectful to say that that it's it replaced what a religion would be. But to me personally, without disrespecting any kind of religion, um, it was that for me. Yeah, it's the close. It's the closest yeah. thing to yeah. it. I won't say it was a religion, but it was well, the closest uh, yeah, thing to it. We all have our things that mean certain things to us, or we base our lives around, and that's yeah. obviously that for you. So, what made you start back again? Was there something that kickstarted it? Just a just a need. I don't really know. I couldn't tell you. You just end up like I chatting to pals and starting I a band. Well, I, I got into a bad spot. Look, look, just before it, look, I, I would say, look, DB, look, DB68 was a band that was in, a pop-punk band, and that started around about when I was about 19, maybe 20. And um, I just felt I need to do something. Like, I w- like I, there was a hunger to do it. You obviously, you obviously had the talent. Well, I don't know that I did. I, I just you did needed though. to do you it did anyway. Though. Uh, like, you did. You could sing. You could play guitar. You could write songs. Yeah, well, so that's you, that's you another thing. Like, in, uh, in those years before, though, I'd, I was sitting in my room. I would spend a lot of time in my room. Like, I would hide away. Like, uh, ju- during the school time, I'd hide away and not really engage with anyone which I'm not sure if that was a good thing or not. Something in some respects it was good, some it wasn't, because I think it made me more socially awkward. You're just un- realising You're it. just unhappy, or no, not not partic- no. I was quite happy just yeah. doing that. Just that's like to be I on just, your own. I that's I just wanted to do that because I thought it was a a good thing to do because I was actually look I was learning how to sing, I was learning how to write songs, I was learning how to play guitar. And see, I, I was recording it as well, so I had the gratification of that coming back through my wee yeah. stupid um, tape uh, task cam thing, the Porter Studios, which are no longer about. But look, that's what—that's how I learned how to do it. I would mimic people. I would mimic. I would try and sing like Kurt, I would, Kurt Cobain, and I'd try and sing, sing Oasis songs. I would try and just anything. Yeah. And it, like, if I could learn that, and then I started writing my own songs, I thought, I wonder if I could do that. And that's where the whole creative mind started to go. That's where the whole creative mind started to go. So it was like a... Um, I think there was a yearning to express myself, but I just didn't know how. I couldn't do it socially. Like, well, that was a known... Like, that wasn't even like in my skill set at yeah. the time. I could probably have learned it, I just didn't know how. And um the only other way I knew how was doing that. 
So that's that's what I mean by like it wasn't quite a religion, it was just a way of you. life sort of thing. Definitely, man. Um so did that when you were saying you were self harming and stuff when you were younger, did was music something that helped you with that? Or was it unrelated or was it um, linked? I don't know that it was linked. I would say later in life it might have been linked. I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. It used to be like cutting and stuff and I don't know if it was maybe seeing. I remember... Uh, it's hard to remember all that stuff. Oh, it's, it's, a fair, it's a wee while ago, mate, uh, you know. It's a wee while ago. <laughs> I'm getting on. I am getting on a bit. <laughs> it's, I, I just remember, like, I definitely, I think it was all just rooted in not really being comfortable in my own skin. Okay. So I would try to take my skin off. <laughs> fair enough. Physically. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Well, obviously, you, you, that's something that you, that you thought was... Going to help or make you feel better or something? I, I, was, I think it was an attempt at some kind of trying to be cathartic or something, but it was very destructive and it was really not the right thing to do. So I don't think for a minute that I advocate that kind of behaviour because it's not, it's definitely the wrong road to go down. But I was a young person and I was just trying to figure out who I was. I think that's basically what it is. Right, okay. I didn't really know who I was, and I didn't know where... Do you know, it, it's more to the point, and this is a more poignant point, I think it's understanding or trying to understand my place in the world. Like, who, like where, where do I stand in amongst all of this madness? Because it is quite mad, and it is, even as an adult, look, it's quite mad, and you still don't really know yeah. fully look, where you stand. I know I'm getting a bit deep and meaningful here, but you don't really know. Um, and everybody's kind of flying by the seat of their pants. They don't really know what they're doing, but you're just sort of trying your best. And I think that was, like, as a teenager, coming to grips with that was a bit too much. So that was the reaction to it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So fast forward to I, DB, because... As I said, that's how we met. If you didn't start playing that band, we wouldn't have been pals. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, like, playing at that age, obviously you were a few years older than me, but it's still very similar. wasn't that far apart. Me, personally, you know, that was, at that point in my life, that was the playing in a band in front of people, doing the things that our heroes were doing, yeah. was the thing that made me feel alive at that point in my life, though, the thing that made me happy, the thing that... So what made you, like, what made, if you don't mind me asking, like, what made you want to, like, sing? I've well never the, actually asked you this. Well what, what made you want, like, what was the thing? The thing is, man, like, I, I, um, I, I don't okay in school, up until I got into music properly, picked up a guitar and joined so the band. So what kind of age? Like teenage or? 14, 15 when I started listening to Blink. Right. Um, bought a guitar. Fig was my next door neighbour. He played the drums. We started jamming and from that point on, I just wanted to be in a band. That was it. I fucking down tools in school. I stopped trying. Applying yourself. Didn't study because I just wanted, I just played music. I kind of did the same. We went to the studio. The um, instead of studying, we went and jammed. Um, 
we and then I and I I went back to school in fifth year, but I shouldn't have because that's when I started like I started drinking and stuff. But so school was just something that I went to because I had to, but I never tried and I never applied myself because all I was thinking was band, band, make it in a band, make it in a band, be and the big star, be yeah, the rock star. And I left <laughs> and I left school to pers- basically to pursue that. I think because my job at the time was pushing trolleys. I knew that wasn't going to be my career. Um, and I just want. I just thought my whole life was just music and playing music and playing gigs and trying to make it and to get signed and stuff. You know, looking back, it was probably a bit deluded, but in that moment, that's all I wanted. But it just, hi, it's like what fitness is to me now. It kind of, it's a thing that keeps, you know, makes me feel alive. It kept me going yeah. and kept me. Um, it was a goal, it was a dream that I had, you know, um, and, you know, looking back to those times when we were playing gigs and stuff, it was, it was like, the, some of the funnest times of my life, but, um, but I, and I, was, as I was asking you if it was the same for you, like, playing live and yeah. trying to make it in a band, like, it kind of, well, it's obviously, it's a, it was a good dream I have yeah and it was it gave us experiences in life that we would never have had obviously otherwise in terms of like the gigs that we played and the places that we played and the people that we met so many of my friends that I still speak to these days people how do you know him just through playing in bands when I'm younger yeah. like it's, it's so many so people many it's probably the mo- majority of my friends that's yeah how I know them all it was just an amazing it was an amazing thing to do it's an odd, it's an odd um, place to be in as well when you think about it because you've got so many, I don't know, you, you wouldn't call them close friends, but you'd, you'd go out for a drink. Oh, well, obviously you don't drink anymore, but like if you well, were to go... Aye, yeah. well, yeah. aye. Well, you would go out with uh, for a drink with That's them. That's what we done. Yeah. Me and you. Aye, aye. Yeah. aye well, it was just like... It, it, kind of grew into like a real friendship after that though. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, it's an odd spot to be in, isn't it? Look, just to, you sort of drift around and you meet so many people through that. It was it was a good thing because it became something that you could hold on to. Yeah. And if you did feel rubbish, look, you were like, at least I've got this. How exciting, no, at the time, thinking about playing a gig supporting my big band like that was the see for me as a kid like, that, that was the pinnacle that happiness that that Aye. gave and then the buzz of being on stage in front of a big crowd at such a young age or the after party afterwards you know partying with your friends and like oh it was amazing it like, was, it was, just it having was fun and like so many like just daft banter and stuff like it is great it was quite obviously we were obviously going to talk about alcohol on this podcast, um, which kind of I was going to say there, it was almost dangerous for me anyway because I was so into drinking and drinking so yeah. much that I was in that environment of partying so much. Obviously, it was dangerous in a way that because I was like trying to be in a band and trying to fucking like you, you see your idols fucking that's just what they yeah. do. They they're, they turn they get pissed and it was like play a gig have a party for party for days on end, you know, and it was we did lead as it did become as much fun as it was for me and who I was at that point in my life. It was probably 
I don't know if it was such a good thing because uh, the lifestyle I was living or trying to live as well, if that makes sense. Aye. No, I can understand that and I can relate to that as well because it is, it's a dangerous one because you are around all of that and um, it's one of those things people don't see what goes on behind closed doors so much and it can develop behind closed doors Aye, of course. more than most people know. Um, and that that environment, it does kind of, it sort of germinates that kind of um, drinking uh, culture. I suppose coming from Scotland, I don't know if that's maybe... Well, they always say the Scots are drinkers. I don't know if I believe that so I much. Think I it's think it's definitely true, man. You think so? Especially through travelling more since I've been older and going to like other places in Europe and stuff. It's what, their relationship with alcohol? Aye. Uh, yeah, it's I think, definitely I think you might... Look, I, I know in Italy they sell like, uh, tin and super in bottles. On tap, mate. Oh, on tap, aye. But it's seen as like a hipster thing, but here it's seen as a Jake's drink. A Jake, for anyone that doesn't come from Scotland, is just like an alcoholic, down-and-out uh, kind of person. But... Um, and yeah, in Italy they're very. That's very hip. That what gets one of these. But I would go in. I would go into. My sister used to live in Milan. I used to go and visit her quite often when I was when she was there, and I was still drinking at this point. And we would be going into the town on a Friday night. You're getting that on tap. I was on tap in a bar. <laughs> aye, but yeah, that's oh not. Man. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's, yeah. Okay. Aye, it was on draft, man. Um, but I we would go into bars on a Friday night, and I'm like. Here we go, getting fucking pissed. And there'd be folk up drinking espresso at the bar, having a normal conversation. Yes, at so that it's not at eleven o'clock on a Friday night, you wouldn't see that. No. And fucking I can I look for coffee now at that time, but nobody's not gonna see <laughs> that in govern anyway. It is, it is it's different, man. But I I just feel that I just feel that I it was it was it was amazing, but it also was quite destructive as well. Yeah, there's a always there's a flip side to that. The party doesn't uh, go on forever. Um, no, definitely, I would say so. And I've I've had my issues with uh, alcohol abuse, and um, I, I I mean I say that, and it sounds quite um, brutal, but I've never nothing's ever came a cropper with it. But it's. Um, the point is, it definitely is abuse at the end of the day. If you yeah. start, if you're not, if you're, if it's to your detriment in any way, then I suppose it is. Yeah, of course. Look, it's so just sticking on the music front. Going because obviously that's still quite an early part of your life, man. Like DB and those years where we met and stuff. You're, you know, as I said, it was a long time ago. And then, you know, you guys probably were at a point where you. S- we're getting, you know, you're popular in the Glasgow scene. You've got a lot of good supports with, like, American bands coming over. You had our deal with, like, some Japanese company or something like that, and yeah, there was chat about going over there and all that, and you had music videos. Did you think that that was... Something was coming? Something was something big was happening? Did, did that mm. did that come into your head? Or did you always think, nah, this is just always going to be a hobby? Um, it's never going to pay the bills, or did you? Did you at one point think that it was going to take off? 
And there, was couple, there was a couple of times in, with my band where I thought this could be taken off and I got so excited to a point where obviously it never happened and it just leaves you feeling quite yeah. empty. I never quite got there. Like I was always quite cynical that way though. Like, that's probably like, my cynicism got in the way of the, the excitement of all of that. Like, I would always look at it and go, yeah, it looks like it might, but I'd hold back. I was opposite. I'd just think get too excited, and then did you? I'd, I'd just be left feeling depressed when it never actually. Ah, that's a heartbreak. That's a bit of a heartbreaker. Which is probably, probably. I guess, like that's what I was trying to avoid. Aye, well, that's it. Like, aye. Aye. Yeah, look, I think maybe secretly, if I think back deep down, look, I kind of want. I always knew there was something there, but I didn't know if it was good enough. What was I'd, it? What I was your highlight of DB Six Day? Um, listening back when I was older right. and realising that I didn't actually appreciate you've always been one of those songs guys are still good you've like always been one of those guys good. that no matter how much you tell you that your work is amazing you'll never accept it nah that's not in it look, that's, look you always just go nuts but that's what dri- it's a driver as well though see when I look, when I say no look I mean that that does see imperfections and all these kind of things. Like I always, that drives me. That like if if I think something's imperfect, I'll be like, it needs to be. It could always be better. I could always learn more. I could always do this. So that's a driver. So it's motivational. Can be a good thing, but also sometimes you need to take a pat in the back as well. That well, I was going to say there is a flip side to that. Whereas you can almost drive yourself. It was very you frustrating as your friend sometimes, man. And still yeah. is, you know, when I was coaching you and stuff like that. Uh, Never been able to, you know, always been that more on the negative side of things rather than looking at the what yeah. you're doing well. You know, because me and my band, and you being in your band, I was always looking up to you and telling you how amazing your band was, your singing was, your songwriting and all that. And you just never accepting it was quite annoying. <laughs> oh, was it? It was just more. It was just more like. I don't know, man. Like, aye, it was just frustrating to see you uh, not not accept like the the praises. I guess. Yeah, I've always had an issue with that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think it's just because I wasn't really given that. In general, like it wasn't a thing. I, like I think I was brought up just in a way. Like not, I'm not by all means like my mother and father are great, and I'm, this is not anything. It was just the way you're brought up. Like you just get on with it, and like if someone, it, it's it's a kind of staunch thing. It's a weird thing. Like you don't don't ex. Like you kind of don't. It's not as if we were told this. It was just like a given. Come, it's actually, I'm, there's loads of things come in my head now, and it's all, it's all sent around that. Like you might not want me to speak about this on the podcast, but like the amount of times you, you used to say how you looked shite, appearance-wise, and I'm sitting there going, "You're the most handsome boy I know. I wish I looked like you." <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> no, I did, man. You know, I hated myself at that point in my life. And I'm sitting there going, this guy 
he's got tattoos, he's got cool hair, he's good looking. He's not, you know, at that point when I was like overweight, I was like, he's not overweight. And then you're sitting there going, nah, I look shite, da da da. And I used to be like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> but well, that was a, but that again, it's the same as the music. Can't accept the praise for the music. You can't accept somebody telling you that you were good looking. Yeah, well, there's a difference with the looks thing. That That's a completely different kettle of fish. Because it's that look, my looks thing is rooted back in school, and I can almost pinpoint certain points where I was. Um, I wasn't bullied in school or anything, but there's certain things people said. I, I had quite a thin skin in school. Like I, I didn't really. Look, I wasn't very thick skinned So anything anyone said, I don't know if it was maybe hormones or hormoning, but it was. Uh, any time like anyone said anything, it was al- always cut right through, and it kind of stuck. Do you know what I mean? Well, not not those p- particular comments, but it stuck in the psyche for a while, and I, I like I just didn't, and it it still sticks a wee bit to this day, where I can't. Well, I don't know. Does anyone look in the mirror and think they'll call right? I would say so. Do they? I, you know, mm. not to sound like a dick, but obviously when I've came from a place of hating myself, to a place where I've worked really hard to. Aye, well, you look on. smashing though. <laughs> I but but, <laughs> but when I used to but when I used to like be embarrassed to go out in the street or yeah. not, I couldn't wear clothes I wanted and stuff because of how I felt about myself. To a point where I've worked really hard to be in a position where I'm happier with myself. You know, I'm not saying I look in the mirror and tell myself I'm I'm, I'm, I'm great, but I'm basically accept myself. It's acceptance. And I'm confident yeah, now, think, yeah, no, whereas I, I just wasn't before. But that's I've went through a whole fucking... Yeah, you went through a journey. To get me to that point. Yeah, I think that's the main thing. It's the acceptance of it. Look, and I don't know that I've really reached the point. Or as a younger man, I hadn't reached any point of acceptance of myself as a person. Which per- was crazy to me at the time, you know. Yeah. But well, then again, that's easy for me to say. You, I know. You and your own skin is different. Obviously. Aye, that's it. And there's a lot going on in people's heads that people that you don't see. Of course, I. And that, that's one thing that I think is very important because I'll always like, treat people with uh, some kind of compassion because... Uh, you don't know where they're coming from, and sometimes some of the things they say or do, they might come up off as really off, but really they're you're maybe not seeing it from their point of view. Yeah. And I think I've been guilty of doing that as well myself, and coming off, like especially with alcohol and stuff, and I've came across as an absolute idiot. Um. But it's usually because there's been something working, which is my, it's a failing in myself. Like I'll, like I'll admit that openly, like, and I would always admit that openly. But um, I think uh, people in general aren't that understanding of um, every, especially now. I would say with social media and stuff, everyone's quite me, me, me. Uh, but. So I, I always try to make a conscious effort to like, just look around and if you see someone that, you, like, do you know what I mean? Like if it's a friend or like whoever, you always try and just 
be kind of aware. You don't want to pry or anything, but just be kind of aware if they look like they might need. Because uh, people that need help don't always ask for of it. Of course. Do you know what I mean? Of course. Especially like mental health and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you don't always say it out loud. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to talk about either. Of course. Probably will talk about it today. Yeah. Not right now though, because we've yeah. not even talked about the fact that DB68 stopped. Um. Our guitarist at the time left. And it was a perfect opportunity to finally play in the same band. Yeah. And we ended up playing playing the band together. Which for me, as I say, looking up to you as a musician or a songwriter to then have you in my band was was cool. I don't really know why you did, but well, thanks, uh, anyway. exactly. That's what I was talking Aye. about before. But I did. <laughs> Fair enough. But I, it was um, DB stopped. How did you feel at that point? Was it just the right time for it to end? Um, I remember crying about it because we all had a meeting and um, I, I think it was the right, in hindsight, it was the right time for that to stop. There was a lot of things happening in my life at the time because I remember my relationship at the time was kind of breaking down. I, like, I didn't really know at the time, but a few months after, like, it, well, it wasn't a few months after, I think it was a year later, that all came apart. But I think there was, like, that whole period was just where, it was just one of those trans, I'll, like, I always refer to them as transition periods where your life just changes, man. Like, it just it has to. Time, look, time's ticking, and you've just got to kind of roll with it. Yeah, totally, man. It doesn't feel like that at the time, though. Like, you'll, you'll go through these things going, jeez, like, like, what's going on, man? How, like, why did, like, why did they pick me for this nonsense, man? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> like, you do, you think, like, I'm a cursed or something, but that's what everyone goes through. That's just life. It's ebbs and flows. But um, that was one of the, uh, that was a hard time. And I kind of got a wee bit lost there because when I, like, that was always my anchor point was music. Look, at, look that will anchor me. So I'll always go, right, I, I, I've still got that. So if I've got that, like everything else will fall into place around it. That's I don't know if that's a good mental practice to have or bad, yeah. but it's my, me, like if, if you like, it's my kind of uh, meditation. Like I would use that as like my thing. Everybody's got a thing, right? Of course, mine's is training. Yeah. Used to be music. Used yeah, to be music. But that's meditational because, like, you'll go, like, we were even talking earlier today, like, your mind wanders. It's got to go somewhere. Yeah, of course. Your legs will run and your mind will just run just as hard but somewhere. In, in my point, in my, ben- in my view, that's a benefit because life is so fast and stressful and non-stop that Gives those you that. times too fucking, like, zone out and just, like, that's that. Have just your own time. Calm. Yeah, man. Just that calm. It gives you a wee look. It, it is definitely good to get... And that's what I use music for. Like it's good to... It's a meditation in a sense. Yeah. And that that's always been my sort of anchor. So when that one DB kind of went down, um, I was like, oh, man. Like, what am I going to do now? And again, it came to like self worth, like doubt myself, going, oh, I, I don't know if I could do this myself. I was writing all the songs anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, I didn't think, for some reason in my head, I, I was like 
count that up as if I couldn't do it. And then um, ended up, if you fast forward like a year, like a few years, I kind of, so I wasn't doing much and I was trying to sort of write songs with my brother and stuff. And then um, sort of drifted about, not really having a steady relationship with anyone either, which I don't know, like, um, I've always kind of, like, I, I seek that, and I don't know if it's because my mother and father split up. I you know, I always want that steady, mm -hmm. look, I, I like that. Look, is that. Is that healthy? I don't know. Look, I just yeah, like, the, so. yeah, I like the idea of, like, being someone's, like, there for you and you're there for them. Of course, yeah. there's something good about that, but um, I didn't really have that. So it was a time, like it was that kind of turmoil, and you've got all that, and that what compounds all the self doubt and all the. Do you know what I mean? So you've got that constant. So no, I think on. that, especially where as a coach now, I coach a lot of people, obviously, and when people come to me and they're in a steady relationship. Things are things are going cool. If that relationship breaks down, yeah, their the, their the life tends to change, and sometimes it can go. That's a domino effect. Sometimes definitely. it can go for the worst in terms of obviously what I'm trying to coach them with healthy eating and regular exercise. If they're in a long term relationship and that all of a sudden breaks down, all of a sudden they're out getting pissed every weekend with their pals because they don't have that relationship anymore. Yeah, and then that affects their training and their diet, and sometimes yeah. it only lasts a little while when they get back into it. But sometimes they don't get back into it because they're just in this kind of like I'm now free or whatever. Like yeah. I'm now. Well, it's also that whole poor me, poor me another drink aye, thing as well. Aye, to like yep, totally. And um, then <laughs> 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 I just think of George Galloway when you when you say that. <laughs> Michael Barrymore, <laughs> poor me, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, it's uh, I. So I can definitely see how that you know if you're, if you you because you were you you were in a long term relationship for a lot of time. I knew you, and then that ended, and I'd probably say it was quite a destructive thing for you to not have that. I, I would say it like it definitely had an impact, and but what, it's what can you do? It's I one of those things, and then you just it, things happen, things I, down, and so I had a wee wild patch. I just went a wee bit all over read on everyone. And just went mental, <laughs> but that's that was just the way it was. But I, again, I don't. I think it was. It's all led up to where I am now, and I think it was. There's nothing. I would change about it. Uh, it's well, just the way it is. Going back to you joining my band, my actions, your exit. We had some good times there. Um, Very good times, eh? Wrote some good songs, in my opinion. Um, played some, played some really good shows, and I had a couple of really fun tours. And uh, those are the kind of things I look back on for my life at that point when I wasn't very happy and I wasn't, I was quite self-destructive and I had major problems. But those were the parts that I look back with fond memories and and smile about because. I was playing music with my pals. We were playing, we were playing in different, like down south in these stupid towns. Aye. Uh, not stupid towns, the but scannies. these these, these the towns holes. that we would never, we would never go to otherwise. <laughs> and either. playing music in front of people that we didn't know, 
and having a great time and meeting new friends and just having an absolute blast. And it was Aye. a great, it was a good, it was a really good time, man. Oh, it was amazing. And no, I, I think back to those times as well because it's it's great look, um, that we did that and just it is good to meet new people and um, even just travelling like with you, Andy and Fig. Look, waking up, I remember thinking at the time waking up in car parks <laughs> in a, like a wee car. Like feeling like hell. hell at the time it was hell, but I can look back and think that's the funniest thing ever. But then you but then you go and play a show and it's all forgotten about because it's, you're that's having, you're having, a, great it. you're having a great time. You're having a great time. In some of the shows there was ten people there. Aye. Still a fucking great laugh. No, it didn't Still matter. playing music and then doing it all again the next night. Going and recording with Scully and stuff again. Yeah. Fun. It's things I miss, you know. And obviously we we we're still playing music to an extent. Um back then it was more of a we didn't have as much responsibility and we didn't, you know, you're you're married now, um I've got a business and things are just a bit crazy. Back then we were just kids just wanting to play grown music. Up. We're growing up now. Aye, yeah. but it, it was it was um it was a great time man. <laughs> obviously again, just like D B six day, it just kinda was a it's probably the right time to end it in terms of where we all were in our life and the kind of stage that it got to where it was if nobody really cared anymore. And it was hard going, like motivating yourself to play another gig when you probably know deep down there's not going to be many people there. Yeah, I mean, it kind of, it got, we got to that point where it was kind of, I think. I don't really know what happens. Like it's just one of those things. Like you cannot out. What your shelf life is only so long. Yeah. And I unless, think unless you make it really big. Yeah. And, and you get this financial support, and obviously yeah. you can make it your sole focus in life. When it's not like that, and there'll be so many people listening to this that are friends of ours, so they'll listen. Who have been in most of them have been in bands. That's how as as we talked about, we know them all. They've all been they've all been in the same situation. Yeah. Um. In terms of being in a band, loving it, but knowing deep down that it's not really going anywhere and it's costing them money rather than making yeah. them money. And uh, I mean, don't get ends. me wrong, look, my, like my whole musical, as far as like musical career goes, like it's cost me more money oh, than of it's course, made I, me. I can Death, look, no doubt about that. But I do look. I I would pay look. Let me. Probably, I should probably phrase that better. I was going to say I'd pay. Like, I wouldn't actually pay, but um, I kind of have inadvertently. Like, I've paid more than I've like got back. Yeah. If that, do you know what I mean I by will that? Think, we'll think about even some of the recent gigs that we've played. We've probably spent more money getting taxis to getting our gear to the place than yeah. actually getting to play the show. And I'm I'm just talking about financially. I've paid more than Aye. I've got back, but. And what the the whole experience of music and the whole reason I started playing music, I don't care. Look, I love playing music, and I don't care. Look, I'll play to one guy, and I have look literally played have, to one guy. I remember doing that with recovery. It was literally one guy, a drunk guy that had no clue what the <laughs> fuck we were playing. There was no way that guy was left. And I I got down and danced with him and shit. Look, I was not care. I was like, fuck it. 
we're going to do it. And, like, and even the guys in other bands said that was a good gig. It's just no one was there. It was like the barman and one guy. Deep down, it's heartbreaking, but... Uh, well, no, see, I always just see it as like, I'm just like, fuck it. But I don't, I uh, don't care, man. I, I care, I'm not going to lie, man. It uh, hurts me, man. Dude, because you put like, you put a, you put a lot of your time and effort into practicing for these things, writing the music, jamming with the band, getting all the gear there. Like it's not easy, no. and for nobody to witness the actual fucking music, <laughs> it's quite gutting, man. Like obviously, I suppose that maybe I'm just because like that gig we played at the garage of, like a couple months ago. It was literally the other bands and like maybe seven people. Yeah. And really, that was like a Wednesday night, and you know, it's uh, quite yeah, I uh, guess. it's quite gotten, man. It is. It is. It it's is. still fun. Still fun playing, but as I say, deep down, I was kind of like, it's that way. Like the song finishes, and there's like there's like a couple of claps because there's like uh, nobody there, and then you're like. You're talking into the mic and you're like, why am I even speaking into the mic? Because who the <laughs> fuck is nobody's listening? You're like, how are you doing? Like, there's nobody there, man. Yeah. It's, it's quite heartbreaking, man. It's quite depressing, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't really. But I know you're always going to get it. gigs like that. Um, I don't really think of it. Ah, uh, yeah, it's ebbs and flows. Because you go through periods where you do really well and then periods where you don't. And I've I've done that all the yeah. way through. Look, that, I mean, got, that, got, that goes with it in life. Aye, well, I've gone through periods where you're you're selling out places, and then periods where aye, you've totally. got three people. So yeah. like okay. a year before, like us talk, or like selling all our tickets for like King Tuts. Yeah. And playing of packed out King Tuts, and then fast forward, and there's nobody there. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if that's fickleness or maybe just the songs don't stand up. I don't know. It's that's not for me to say, and it's not for me to think. It's not none of it. It's none of my business anyway. That's the way I look at it. Look, I've any time look, I would put anything out of there that I've created after it's out there. It's only my business when I'm creating it. After it's out there, um, all I need to do is perform it. Just make sure it's executed well. What whoever look whatever they say look it's none of my business. I mean even with the recovery, I was going to go into that next. Like, aye, recovery was obviously a total different thing for you to be doing because you'd been in melodic bands, singing, uh, you know, um, pop punk, pop whatever you want to call it, to all of a sudden being a f- just a singer and screaming your fucking head off. Yeah. Really aggressive, which yeah. obviously anyone who had listened to your music and seen you live up to that point, like the total opposite. Complete left. Total opposite. You're, this, you know, you're playing in DB, you're playing in my actions, and you're kind of like this kind of shy guy fucking playing the guitar and singing to all of a sudden being a monster. Yeah. <laughs> what what drove that? Um, the same arc. It's just more extreme arc. Look, see what I said like when I was saying. Um, I was I thought I was dead shy and stuff. Look, I'm I was just going like this, like the more extreme. If like I know it seems like it wouldn't be the logical next step, but if you think about it from an emotional standpoint, it was, because you're going like because I was diving into crowds and I was being very confrontational. So you're going like the furthest out from your own personality. You need you balls to do that, go. man. Like I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Um. 
Aye, there but is. Then, but I, then I'm not also, sure what, it is. what was the difference between playing it sober and playing it drunk? Um, I think most of the recovery gigs are probably drunk. Definitely. Because you needed that fucking Need Dutch courage. Well, I also, I, I needed to get into a mindset where I was like, this is mischief. No. Like, I need to get into that mindset. And it's quite hard to do that in a sober mind. I did it a couple of times sober, but it didn't quite hit the same. It didn't quite hit the same, but which is an unhealthy thing. You don't want to be, be you don't want to be in a band where, especially called the recovery, when you're clearly not recovering anything. Like you're, I mean, a lot of the songs were written. What I was saying in the songs, like if you could hear them or hear what I was saying, I was, like, it was positive, mostly, and a lot of it was, um, quite, um, it, it was angry at a point, but not, uh, it probably came across angrier, angrier than it actually was, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it wasn't, it, but, I, see, at that point in time, that was at a time where, it, like, it was just after, um, I think my actions were still going, but it was also... Kind of still going, aye. I, it was also in amongst that time of turmoil yep. where I, I didn't really... I didn't have a solid base. Yeah. So I was kind of scrambling for things. And by solid base, by the way, I don't mean that a relationship is a solid base because it isn't. And I don't think you should invest yourself in another person because that's all... What, it, what I mean by that is you, you shouldn't... Um, hold your self-worth in another person or another person's opinion. I think that's the wrong way to go. But at that time, that's what I thought I needed. I was wrong, but that's what I thought I needed. Yep. I realise now that that's a completely different thing, but I also notice like, that with other people a lot of the time, uh, like going into a relationship for a certain reason or whatever or gravitating towards a certain person person isn't normally it isn't necessarily the right thing uh, to do because you're not really like you're giving up yourself to that relationship rather than actually being part of the relationship do you know what I mean so you're like almost wanting that like to be your family, your mother figure, your father figure, all, all that, like that Freudian nonsense. Like yeah. people do that, like they they kind of do that, and I was kind of doing that, and then I realised, like at round about, I think it was actually the first recovery gig I met Heather, and that that's where the turn, like, there was a turn happened, especially after that first gig, because it made me, because that was like one of those ones where there was like, everybody was there. And it went well, and I was like, all right, uh, okay, I can do this. So that was what I, I felt what validated for a, a minute. But also, I found Heather, and I realised, like, I don't, I don't, like, uh, need anything from you, but I want you there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't have, like, that. It was just serenity, and I was like, you're great. And I could appreciate the person rather than the anxiety of, oh, I need this. Oh, do you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people have got anxiety around relationships, and it's usually rooted in maybe, like, like that just 
general anxieties, like how you grew up or like stuff that had happened in school or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, like that was the first time I never actually needed that. Is like the relationship wasn't like my emotional like home as such. Like it was just someone that I at the at when I first met her, like, I wouldn't say loved, but like because you can't just love someone yeah, straight away. Yeah, I don't yeah. believe in that. Yeah, I, like, I can say like, extremely like drawn to someone yeah, yeah. and. There's all fireworks and of course. and the 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 music, but yeah, I look. I think it's um, what I'm trying to say is like it's definitely a, I think it was it coincided with me finding a centered point in my life. If you know what I mean, like I kind of almost half accepted who I was. I wouldn't say I've fully accepted because I'm still struggling with that. But I think acceptance of yourself is very, very important. And even if you're on your journey, look, say, look, especially on the fitness side of things, if you're on your journey, you think you look shite, you don't feel very good, like, you, just acceptance of yourself and knowing that you can, there is, there's a possibility for change. You are potential, look, there's a possibility for change all the time. So see, even if you say, look, I'm doing this, and you, you fuck it up, and you fall off the wagon, or you do whatever, like, you, you eat that, what, whatever it is, whatever your vice is, or whatever, yeah. the, the vice that you're trying to avoid, yeah. you fall off, there's always a, the next day is always the opportunity, but as long as you, look, what I'm trying to say is, like, having self-worth is the most important thing, and time is the most valuable thing you'll ever have. Look, that, that, look, if you think about that, look, I waste a lot of time as well, so don't get me wrong. I know these words sound like mental, look. Nah, man, I'm, look, yeah, I'm, I'm, but it's, I'm understanding it, what you're saying. It totally. is. But, I, look, I'm guilty of um, wasting that time and not valuing myself like anyone is. Yeah. Because most people don't. You can't walk about just going, ah, I'm Billy Big Boys, I'm smashing. I'm making the best. Like, everybody always, it's like... It's but it's, it's, the fight to, it's the fight to, to try and... But it's part... It's one of the biggest things in my job. Like, yeah. what I do on a daily basis is trying just to make people believe in themselves. Psychological, isn't it? It's trying focus. to make people yeah. understand that you fucking can do what this thing that you want to do that you keep telling yourself it is, is too hard or you can't do it. Of course it is, man. Yeah. Like, you know, and I say things like this all the time in terms of if I can do it, anyone can. And people just think probably that's a cliche, personal trainer, motivational thing to say. But I'm speaking it from my fucking heart and a place of experience. You've seen me down and out. You've done it. You've seen me fucking yeah. push myself on the couch and you've yep. seen me fucking be in a really bad place. Piss yourself on the couch, lying in cat litter. Right, let's move on. <laughs> but you've seen me, did you ever look at me in that position and think, Christ, he's going to be a really good personal trainer and motivate people to chase their lives one day? Probably not, nah, like, let's be honest. Nah, never really. So I'm sitting there telling people, if I can go from a bit of a fucking mess to someone who is in control of their diet and their training and uh, is happier and more confident you know anyone can it's true yeah. man like it is it is it is really true but as it's, uh, you said it man everyone has potential everyone has insane potential it's just yeah. that not everyone a believes in themselves b is willing to put in the work 
needed to do whatever it is they want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? People say they want to do things, but they'll never, they don't actually put the work in to get there. They want the end result. It's like the transformation. People want the end result. Yeah. But they don't want to fucking sacrifice drinking. They don't want to sacrifice junk food. They don't want to sacrifice fucking nights out and stuff like that. You can't have, you can't, you can't fucking just say you want something and then never do any yeah. of the actions towards getting there. I mean, that is true. Like anything good kind of involves some kind of pain. Yeah. Really. Which sounds that sounds grim, but I don't mean it in a grim way. Like it does, it does definitely. There's some, you've always got some kind of struggle to get there. But do you know what? There's a psychological thing. Who was it who said that again? Look, I forget where I heard it, but it was basically they were talking about how people will work towards goals, get them, and then immediately become really depressed. In fact, it was in Joe Rogan's podcast, I think, but they immediately become uh, depressed because they've got the goal and then they go, what do I do now? You, you always need another goal. Aye. So you need Fit that. It's about the journey. Of course, like it's fitness. It's about the journey. Going back, it's always going back to fitness because it's what I do now. Well, but it's the same thing. I, but it, that, that um, there's a parallel with everything in your life. But fitness is a journey that, sh- that shouldn't ever end because, like, if someone comes to me and says, I want this body, or I want this fitness... Yeah, you can't just get there and yeah, stop. I, I'm always going to be honest with them and say, right, okay, this is going to be really hard to get there, but when you get there, it's never going to end. You can't, you, you can't create this healthy, fit, strong physique and then just stop doing the things that it took you to get there. Yeah. Okay, it's easier to maintain a physique than it is to get that physique because maintaining is a lot easier than dieting and constantly kind of watch everything you eat and stuff like that that is true but you still need to go to the gym and drain yeah. you still need to eat well most of the time you still need to say no to things quite a lot so it's, it is kind of never ending and that's why I'm always that's why I'm always got like this, these goals because if I don't have a goal like a, a triathlon a half Ironman an Ironman I can up understand up in my strength Aye. if I don't have those goals I'll I could potentially lose the the will to train every day or eat well and slip yeah, back into an unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah, once you've got that momentum going, you need to kind of keep the ball rolling yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, of course. And it doesn't have to be big, crazy things like an Ironman. It could just literally be add a pound of muscle on in the next six months. Yeah. You know, something like that. But yeah, as you say, like sometimes you get to that goal and uh, if you don't have that next thing aim for... Yeah, it could potentially slip back into old ways. You know, I've seen it a lot, man, where people yeah. lose weight and then they put it back on. If you think about, like, Slimming World and Weight Watchers and stuff like that, people will have a, a, a goal weight to lose for before a wedding or before a holiday. Yeah. And because that's the kind of quick, extreme diet they go on, they get that goal weight, they and have the holiday, back and they're then. just back to putting weight on again. And it's a never-ending cycle of being happy, being unhappy, Losing weight, putting on weight, you know, that's yeah. why those things are really, those extreme diets or those, those kind of short-term goals are, yeah, are not, not it's not the way it should be done. I understand why people do it, but it, need, they need, it needs to be more of a, it needs to be more of, as you say, a sustainable um, change that can actually be carried on, you know what I mean? Like you, we'll talk about you training with me in that in a bit, but... You know, you you haven't trained with me in a wee while now, but yeah, at least you're telling me earlier when we were having a coffee. <coughs> you still, 
you still go back to tracking your food when you feel you're getting a bit out of control or you've been doing some running and you've been doing some exercises in the house and me looking at you right now yeah. you you don't you don't look different to yeah. what you were yeah in terms of like you're definitely not like you definitely don't look unhealthy or ill or anything nah, <laughs> which is good so um i never like i would say i always stay within there's a, a wee margin that I stay within. And I mean, my thing. clothes size, my clothes sizes haven't changed since yeah. I've been like. Because the thing 20. is, what I what I hopefully done with you was instead of just giving you a meal plan, I helped you learn about calories and food and protein. No, and definitely. Sources. So you, even though I've not been up your ass coaching you and making sure you're doing it, you have that knowledge. So when well, I've always got that in the back of my mind. Aye, now, so like when the time mean? comes where you feel like your diet's really slipping off, you can pull it back in and go right. I need yeah. to get back to eating my fish. That's and it. eating my veggies and eating X amount of calories and not letting the piss essentially. Aye, basically. Um, uh, look, that's one of the one thing I would say about the whole fitness thing is the diet is most people don't even fully look. I think that's the education in it. Yeah, the yeah. Diet it is definitely key. It needs to be educated rather than blindly following Aye. a set plan because like nobody can sustain eating the same things the rest of their life day in day out no and also if you're just blindly following something you won't learn no exactly you need someone to show you the ropes basically you need educated yeah um but anyway uh yeah i think um i think that's really mu- music wise we're pretty much went through the whole lifespan i kind of apart from g- obviously when you know i uh I stopped playing music when my actions stopped, which I which would have been about two thousand and ten. Uh, yeah, about two thousand and ten. Um, that was when your training worked. No, that was two thousand fucking thirteen, man. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, so why I did I always think it was two thousand ten? So I stopped playing my actions. I was still drinking. I never done anything, and then I started. Stopped drinking, started the whole training thing, got myself together, decided that I actually wanted to play music again. You were writing songs with Pete, and yeah, you just asked me to be in the band, and we started writing and playing again. Yeah, it was a natural progression. That was anyway. two thousand. That was I think two thousand and fourteen. So that was that's four years ago then. Jeez. Pretty crazy. And then yeah, we got the drummer, and we started playing shows again, and that. That was that was amazing for me because I went. That would have been four years not playing yeah. a show, not jamming in a studio. Um, to all of a sudden playing again, being sober, so actually being fully committed yeah. to actually playing properly, putting everything into it, and actually appreciating what's happening in the moment rather than just being on stage pissed and fucking. Don't get me wrong, I still had fucking lots of fun doing that, but it was just different. I yeah. was so much more nervous. Like that first gig at Tuts where it was pretty much a sellout and I was still cold sober. <laughs> I've not played yeah. a gig in five years. I was absolutely shitting my pants, I'm not going to lie. I was yeah. so nervous, man. I, rem- I remember that one as well because well, I went on and it was one of the first times I'd gone on and not actually been steaming as well because I'd been playing with the recovery steaming all yeah. the time and um, more for... Uh, by the way, look, the whole recovery thing was just a Dutch courage thing, I suppose. But it, it grew into like a habit of things. And I, look, I was like, right, I'm not doing that. So 
the first time I, st- I remember stepping up going, oh no. On what, the stage. What have I done? I you know that way where you're just like, so I feel a wee bit in over my head here, and then we just kicked in, and I was like, oh, all right, it's okay. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> it's all right. Played really well. It, was, it wasn't perfect, because yeah, it was our first time I, like, I felt on stage. Com- well, we, we filmed it all, and uh, I, I heard it back, and I was like, ah, oh, we did all right. Uh, and then it was the, cool. Yeah, and then the next few gigs were the same. They were all packed out, tuts again, garage. Um, amazing shows, man, and uh, I'm so glad that we done it. Um, because so I'd missed it, man. I totally yeah. missed it. And um, it was really good to get back into it. So, um, I mean, as far as, like, like, can I ask a question? Aye. See, with the whole, uh, especially the alcohol thing, because obviously that's been one of the kind of catalysts for you becoming um, a PT. Um, how, look, See psychologically, how did you get round to doing that? Like, what, what, what did you say to yourself? Like, what was the key moment where you went, right, this is it? And see the days following that, because I know that the days after that, look, or weeks after that, are going to be pretty. Stop and drink. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and just getting like into like personal and uh, in, into uh, training yeah. in general. Did you start your training as soon as you stopped drinking, or no? I've never actually asked no. you this. No, so uh, it was a bank holiday in May. Uh, I was I'd come off like a five four five day bender, and I was I'd fucked up many things again. Just like relationships with people, like girlfriend at the time, my dad again, um, friends, just a total fucking riot and you know this was like the umpteenth time where I'd be I'd done this and been in a position where I felt that that bad and I was in work in the yeah. bank at the time and I was the day, the day I'd stopped drinking which was the Tuesday and I just hadn't really felt that low really ever and I felt so, I felt so so depressed to the point where I was having really bad thoughts which I hadn't really had before and I knew that that wasn't me. Like I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't. You almost didn't recognise yourself. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what, what, what the fuck am I doing to myself? And like, um, I just told myself that day. I was like, this is it. I'm never. F- I'm never feeling like this again. I can't do this anymore because I physically didn't want to fucking be there anymore. And I was Aye. like, I was like, I can't keep doing this to myself because I'm literally. Destroying myself. Yeah, um, I'm like literally I'm destroying man. myself and I can't take it anymore essentially. I yeah. couldn't take it anymore, man. And I but I knew if I dis- if I told myself again, just drink less, that it was gonna happen soon. It might have not been the following week. Yeah, it's or the following week, but the following month, the following month I would have been in that same position. And I was just sick of it. I, I hated who looking at myself in the mirror. I hated um the person that I was in terms of like I wasn't a bad person or like doing no, or like intentionally or physically not. hurting anyone but I was yeah. hurting people by letting them down and um, just generally being drunk and like not being there not, not being engaged, places where I say I'm going to be there or being a mess yeah. in terms of like that and um, I just didn't want to be that person anymore I told myself that day I would never drink again I spoke to my dad about it because he had been in a position where, like, um, you remember that? You remember the story I told you? Like me and Andy McKenzie were out. Aye, man. We were wrecked all night, and uh, I passed out, and then woke up at one in the afternoon, and my dad was like, 
try getting him a flat essentially because I hadn't turned up to work and that day I spoke I, I opened up I opened up to him about it that day you know I went and stayed with him for a wee while and uh, you know he helped, he um, he then from that point could then start to help me uh, so I talked to him about it um, told him I wasn't going to drink anymore and because I knew that that would be like my accountability so like if he came to pick me up at the weekend for the football when I was drunk then that was it I'd, yeah. I'd fucked it or because I worked the bank, he would know. He would know if I wasn't going. To, if I didn't turn up, somebody would tell him of that. So that yeah, was my so accountability. You've got like your eye. You've got your police there. Yeah. So yeah. aye. And then that was me. So a couple of nights out happened, and I remember like speaking to him on the phone, telling him I'm going a night out, and his question was always, "Are you drinking?" And like, and I was like, "No, I'm not drinking." And he was always dead chuffed, and I was like, "That was my thing to not drink." Like I'd aye. tell him that. So I'd go on the night out and I'd be like, I can't. So he was like your pissed boss? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> mate, aye. And uh, I remember the the last time I ever spoke to him was, well, uh, my birthday was July. So we yeah. went out, he was on holiday there. So he came back from his holiday. It was mid-July, he went out for my birthday. And he says to me, do you want a pint? Or are you having a pint? You've I, told me that. And I went, no. Uh, yeah, I, says, I says, Dad, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm no drinking anymore. And he was fucking delighted, you know what I mean? Because I think he was almost like, he's going to have a pint ah, his birthday. he's testing you, man. Like but I says no, and I could. he was delighted. And then, so that was a big thing. That always sticks in my mind. Yeah. But the um, the following week was the last time I spoke to him. It was on the phone. It was a Friday. Um, I was in work just at the end of my shift, and I had a work night out that night. And uh, with the guys in the branch I worked with at the time, and uh, I was speaking to him on the phone because he was picking me up for football on the Sunday mm-hmm. to go to the football, and he was just arranging the, the stuff for the football. And then he says, "We did the night." I says, "I'm going out with the guys for work." And again, he says, "You having a drink?" And I says, "No." And he was like, ah, "Good on you. I'll see you on Sunday." And he died the next day, mm-hmm. uh, and that was that. So basically. Obviously, that day, I got told my instant reaction was, I'm going to get a fucking bottle or something here because what yeah, the fuck man. has just happened? <laughs> like, yeah, I was look. fucking, he was fine. But that's your go to, that was your go that was your kind of crutch. You would see that that's going to be your, your comfort at that time. Exactly. I was only off at two months. Yeah, it wasn't man. a long time, man. And then, but obviously, my initial reaction to that was, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he would not want that. No. He would be very fucking no, pissed off and upset that, if he'd done that. My wee sister was 12 at the time and I was going to be going obviously around to, to my family's and I was like, I can't, I need to be there for this young girl. Do you know what I mean? She's 12 years old and I'm now the male figure in her life. I can't be fucking pissed. Like, so... That stopped me that day when I was so about to just fucking break, you know. Um, that was hard, man. But at the same time, just uh, just just thinking about him stopped me. Because obviously not just that day, the following weeks were the brutal, obviously the hardest weeks of my life. I was only 25. I'd only stopped drinking for a couple of months. I really wanted to drink like every day. I was wanting aye. to drink the pain away. I was wanting that to get... Was I was, you know, that was my coping mechanism throughout my whole life, throughout 17 to 25. Any bad situation happened, 
whiskey's a fucking drink type thing. I'm definitely guilty of that. Yeah, well, that's I'm it. It's just when some people, that's just their answer. And it's very hard to change that unless something really fucking bad happens. And that's it. Tragedy yeah. or rock bottom turns people two ways. They either sort their shit out and it, it makes them become better or it sends them into the ground, you know. And yeah. I just told myself I'm not going to be the person that goes into the ground, I'm going to make my dad proud, I'm going to change my life. So those weeks were obviously hard, I was off work, I couldn't go to work, man, I just couldn't face it. Um, he worked in the bank, so it was just a reminder. People, I tried to go back after two weeks, and the first question somebody asked me was, or the first thing somebody said to me was, your dad was a great man, I'm really sorry, it's and I just much, I broke down right away, and oh I went back man. home, and I didn't go back for six weeks. Yeah, I just couldn't that, face man. it, man. But obviously I was off work, everyone else is working, so I was like, what do I do with my time? I got counselling for one. I spoke to a counsellor, an alcohol counsellor, who also helped me with the grieving. And I joined the gym. So how did you get, just for anyone that's um, uh, struggling with anything like that, like how would you go about getting counselling? I went to my GP initially, because I didn't know where to go. So I went to my doctor. Yeah. Well, I went to the doctor for my sick line from work. Because I was like, I needed a sick line yeah. uh, to not go to work for more than whatever many weeks it was. So I went to the doctor and says, look, I can't fucking go to work. I tried. I broke down. I need a, at least kind of four weeks off or something. So she gave me that. And I says to her, I says, look, I had an issue with drink. I've no longer stopped drinking. And you feel like I'm finding it, pretty, back finding it pretty tough. Yeah. What can I do? And she gave me a... A, f- a phone number for a alcohol counsellor and I phoned them it was hard man like because you don't want to admit that kind hard. of thing ah, of yeah. course like yeah. even saying to the doctor I'm comfortable saying it now obviously I'm six years on and I'm sober after the fact but look I'm, the, the reason it's really hard to admit to people man yeah the reason I asked is because I know that it's hard to admit to, to say people it, just in case someone's listening I going but it's the best thing you'll ever do. Could, yeah, it's just in case someone's listening, I, I don't know how I could do it. That's why I asked that. That's what I always say to folk, man, when it comes to the thing about with my dad, right? I had it from everyone. Or, or had it, maybe not, because I was a fucking riot, but I, I always made excuses. He uh, made excuses. When it comes to my dad or whatever, are you all right? I'm like, ah, it was just a crazy, it was just a one-off. It was just a yeah, big right. night. Somebody's birthday, blah, blah, blah. I was too scared to ever say there's an issue here. I knew there was an issue for quite a long time, but did I actually want to fix it? Nah, I wanted to drink. I wanted to fucking go out and get drunk and drink in the house. I wanted to do all that. I didn't want to change. That was the thing. But when I wanted to change, I was scared, like, the reaction I would get. I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared. I, I just said I, I need a piss there. I was laughing. trying to be very um, discreet, but... I was going to have to go for a toilet break. I was scared of the reaction I would get, but when I actually finally admitted that when he came round that day and I was like passed out one the afternoon and I actually says, Daz, go up, I need help. Yeah. There was no anger, there was no fucking, um, like, what do you call it? There was no abandoning me or anything like that. It was just, okay, well, let's fucking try and help. Do you know what I mean? So well, I, it's hard, know. but it's the best thing you've got to do because anybody that cares about you, they're not gonna. They're gonna try and help. They're yeah, not gonna judge. They're not gonna go. Yeah. What? No. See you later. They're gonna want to fucking try and help. Especially, I think that's one thing for like, especially males as well, uh, dealing with even if it's depression or like anxieties or 
drug abuse or alcohol abuse. Uh, there's a there's a big thing. I know there's a stigma around it, but especially for guys in the spate of um, suicides and all yeah. these things. That I, uh, like, I don't know if there's something behind it or whether it's just the way society. Like, God no, I, I have no idea why that is, but I think there's definitely a thing with there's still a thing with guys where it's like, I can't show any weakness here, man. Yeah. I've got to be that guy that like, I can't show that. You can. Yeah, actually, can't. You, you should. If you're yeah. struggling, you need to, man. And I'm guilt. I'll, I'll be honest, right? Just, look, there's one thing I do need to say. Look, I don't put anything up on social media. I don't put in... Look, I've struggled with depression. All, look, the majority of my life, I've had a problem with that. And it's it, look, it's just the way it's a chemical thing in the brain that I just look. It's, there's an imbalance there. I don't mind saying it out loud. I've shied away from it. I'm 36 years old now. I don't mind saying it. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. And neither should if you if anyone listening is feeling that way. Neither should you. Look, you do need to say something because it's not worth taking your own life or doing something stupid or there's so many people you probably don't even realise care like all that you've just taken for granted and you think they don't care of course they definitely do there's all there's definitely someone and see look if you uh, say you are in dire straits and there's um, there really is no one near or you can't get to someone I do genuinely believe people deep down are good-hearted people, and you yeah. could ask a stranger. Look, I, I know it's going. That sounds crazy. Look, that sounds mental. I to asked say a stranger that. essentially, and my doctor. Yeah, I didn't, it, was, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a doctor that yeah. I knew, and I was yeah. my doctor for years. It was one of these ones you go into the surgery, you get a different doctor every fucking time. So it's not like it was somebody I was comfortable with. It was just this woman who it was her profession, and I had to say to her, "I need help," and if I didn't. Would I have been able to do it on my own? I don't know. I really don't know. Um. Well, yeah, I remember you speaking to me about it before, and look, I would have definitely helped you because I could. I can. No, I mean, like, if I, in that moment in time when I needed, I needed um. What professional? Ah, like I think I feel I needed professional help yeah. because. It was, as I said, there was a point where I was off work. Everyone else yeah, was at work. Yeah, got to breaking point, like pretty much. You mean like you were, like, or or heading towards? It was her, mate. It was, it was, it was a point where I was kind of like, you either do this or it's going to tip over. Aye, yeah. But I, yeah, asking for help is. It's a hard uh, thing to do, and I'm guilty of not asking for it myself. Yeah. Like, I've, like, I don't, because like, I'm a proud, I'm a stubborn guy, and. As far as like uh, male, I don't know if it's like pride. What's the word? Pride or there is a thing like uh, there's definitely a kind of unspoken thing. It's where you can't show your weakness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there definitely is like an unspoken thing because guys don't talk about that shit. No, Never talk about it unless no. you're talking to like like me and you. We've talked about we it a lot. We would talk about it, sure. but we're close. Like, I would never, I would never do like 
you would you don't just come away with that stuff. You I usually try to make you make each other laugh I, and all that nonsense. I talk about it now a lot, but that's because I'm in a place of I don't drink anymore and I'm and trying to help other people. Yeah, speak you're up. coming from a different angle though. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. talking about just in general conversation. Yeah, yeah. You're coming from a But a this is why you're here doing this today. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like doing you know, I've I've asked asked you to do this podcast when I first started doing the podcast. I because away. I knew yeah. that you had an ability to speak things that you've went through and help potentially help other people. That's the whole reason why I wanted you to do this. Aye. And it's taken us almost a year to get you on to do it. But at <laughs> least you but you are here doing it I and you're actually talking it. about it. Yeah. Um, well, which I we're gonna go into properly now. Um but I think you need the toilet. Yep. Right, so I'll hit that pause button, man. Away, yeah. So I was born into grief, look, really, yeah, totally. And I don't, that's not me. I don't, by the way, don't think I'm just going, Oh, this is no, mate, this is not what it's about. Creaky no, and all that. Don't that. But that's obviously a fucking traumatic thing that happened to Emery's family, man. And I think it's maybe had maybe some of that. I don't know, they always say between the ages of like zero and three or four is your formative, what that forms your whole psyche, so maybe that had some, I, I don't know, I didn't know any different at that age, I just, Aye. I was just growing, so when they, I didn't even fucking know. When did they get to a point where it started, when, when it started to have like, effects on your life in terms of like negatively or? Oh, a teenager, like early, like, I, I noticed that, and oddly, I think it was just coincidence, it was round about the time I started listening to Nirvana and all that stuff, and I don't, but I'd, I didn't know about his whole history because he had all that nonsense as well. But I didn't... I was unaware of that. Yeah. I was completely unaware of that until after the fact. And um I don't know. It's just... I think it, a mixture of that and just now when your hormones are all going mental and like you get that whole teenage angst thing and just being a wee idiot. So it was half and half. Look, it was half just growing up yeah. and half maybe something not quite leveling out properly and um, that just that just continued through my life but I don't I don't really know what causes that I think it is like just chemical imbalance that's all it is but there's nothing to be ashamed of in it look I wouldn't I wouldn't say look it's a shameful thing even though I say that out loud but I will admit I've had I do feel a bit awkward talking about it, like I do, like, but it's only because, is it vanity? It probably is, see if I was to actually look from, I'm trying to see myself from the outside now, and I'm thinking it's probably just vanity that tell, like, that makes me think that, because I'm worrying what other people think. Okay. And I know I shouldn't, but well, so that's all it is. It's going to be a thing, man, like... As much as uh, I talk about the way my past and that quite a lot to try and help people, it's still sometimes hard to to 
basically put out there for folk to read or listen to because you just never know what people might think. Yeah, yes, it's quite it's quite tough. But yeah. I think ultimately I know for a fact I've helped people, so that's what makes it all worthwhile. Like yeah, literally totally. I sent it to you there. Somebody just literally messaged me today. Yeah, right. About, yeah. about yeah. I basically asking for help in terms of drinking and because you listen to my podcast, he's not asked for help. Like yeah. that's fucking crazy. In a, good, in a good way. No, it's it's good. It's it's that I'm sitting there going, should I put this out? What will people think of me? Is it too much? But it's made someone step up and say, look, man, I think I need help to do this. How, how do I, where do I start? That's, that's an amazing thing. But that's why we're doing it. So that's why you're here doing this today. So mm-hmm. are you sure you are okay to talk oh, more of about it? Yeah, of course. So yeah. when did you first... Um, what's to say seek help or know that you needed help seeking help um, that was round about 18 and I can almost pinpoint it it was in my mum's kitchen and I actually just broke down sober um, drunk just completely sober yeah. I no at 18 like there was a time in my life where I didn't um, as a youngster I, I didn't drink at all. Smoked a little bit of weed. That was it. Didn't take drugs. Didn't do anything. Because my big brother, um, James, he was a complete tearaway and he ended up getting stabbed, bottled, God knows what. And he was just hanging about with crazy guys. He was on acid, all sorts of drugs and crazy stuff. And I was a complete opposite of that. But I don't... I, it wasn't through me recognising that he was like that, so I'm not going to be that. I, it was just my nature that yeah. I just wasn't like that. I just It wasn't anything like sort of me versus him or anything, like trying to be better and be the good boy. I wasn't... A, I just kind of wasn't anything. So you had a breakdown in front of your mum? Aye. Um, oh, it... I uh, basically just felt a bit. Wasn't he major, major? But I remember, like, cause I didn't cry in front of my parents or anything like much. Not that I remember. And that was one of the one times I can remember doing that. And I was like, and I felt what an idiot after it. I was like, what? Why? How? Where did that come from? Cause I didn't see it coming. It just mm. happened. And then she goes, nah, you need to go to the doctor. And just went to the doctor and started taking these pills. And it kind of made me feel a bit weird. They could sort of leveled you out into a weird buzz zone, like where you don't really um, fully register things. Like I just felt I couldn't really connect to people. Or I don't know if I'm just like, oh, I. I was going to say, look, I'm struggling to talk about that. I don't, I don't really know how to look, put it into words. I don't know if I'm just um, overly sensitive sometimes. Did the medication help you? Uh, yes and no. Yeah. I've came off and on it all the way through my life. Yeah. So, look, probably if you're asking me, no, not really. Um. 
which is that makes it sound negative. That's not to say that it won't help help someone else, because I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would. Yeah. But it just didn't feel a lot of the things that they were giving me were too much, and they were making me look all look fuzz, look giving you that fuzzy head, and I don't, I didn't really want that. Because I felt like I was get, like I was missing out on things or something. I don't know. Were you working at this point? Yep. F- job. And my first job. job uh, yeah, my first job. What was that? I was working in a uh, Christian Christian charity, which was um, that was heavy going. Though there was a lot of we were working with alcoholics and a lot of drug addicts. Um, what people that went into housing, we would be the guys that delivered their furniture packages and stuff. So it was like a charity warehouse where everyone would donate all their stuff and we would be the guys that went up. We used to deliver up in the gorbals. So I'd be walking into houses where there was needles strewn about the floor. Um, Sometimes there was babies. There was one house we went into where there was a baby crying. The mother was out for the count and the guy answered the door and uh, Angus of all names, like Angus, the, he was a brilliant guy, I hope he's doing well, brilliant guy, I loved him man, he was. He, he turned me on to quite a lot of good music, that's another story, because he used to, he was a van driver, but he was great, and he, he liked me as well, so it was like, well, it was just sound, and uh, he goes, Andy, you need to come out of here, I was a young guy at the time, I was probably only about 18, I'd say about 18, and um I walked in and I seen all the needles. I said, right, get out. Because the guy answered the door and there was just needles everywhere. The guy was out here. That whole thing. Like a zombie. And there's a baby crying. And he went in and um, seen to the baby and roused the mother. Ended up having to phone the police and all that. Heavy going on. Aye, all that. But that was like my second trip out in the van. (laughs) <laughs> that was my second trip out and I'd gone from like, not really knowing much staying in my room playing my guitar not like so I was that was all eye opening I was like does this happen man like I didn't I was like God's sake so like there was all that stuff going on so I don't think that had an impact on my mental it must have made you a bit fucking down man you I must have you must have that's kind of sets the tone for the day it bummed me out I don't get me wrong look it, it fucked up my day look it definitely and I'd think about it I still think about it sometimes going I wonder how that if that kid was alright yeah um I don't know so how long did that last for that job no long up to 23 oh really aye aye so when I met you I'd yeah. still have been in that job aye. um no, they did good things. They sent stuff over to Romania and all these kind of places. It was like a charitable aid centre. But it's a way now. Look, there's a motorway that runs over the warehouse where it was. It was down at Dixon Blazes uh, Industrial Estate and the Gobbles. And we used to like, deliver up to the Gobbles flats and all these kind of places. But um, I look, it was basically that whole thing um, with the, the mental health side of things was kind of where it happened where it or where it was sort of really recognised look I knew there was something up but that's where it kind of yep. cracked for um, 
at power company and um yeah that didn't go too well with in general and just not in the beginning it was fine it was okay but there was not really yeah they didn't treat you too good like in general like it was so you were going into work <laughs> dreading it like just uh, no just unhappy it. yeah drinking too much beforehand and like just going in hungover uh, which didn't help and um, just hated it look it was it was terrible and ended ended up having like um not to talk too much about that because I don't really like dwelling on that whole period of time too much um because that was going through like a lot of the recovery stuff where it was like moments where I was um I don't want to see you going off the rails, but a bit crazy. Well, I mean, where you were? I, well, I kind of, look, there was moments where I was, like, going wild with recovery, where it was, like, I was covered in blood and, like, my face was all in, like, cut up, like, my forehead was all cut up, and I ended up diving into um, a load of trumpets and... Um, actual trumpets it was uh, in air I think there's video Big John's got video footage of this by the way <laughs> like just like everything like and it, it was, it's embarrassing you weren't in a good place at yeah that point, and it's basically. really it's really embarrassing because there was a lot of really good bands it was the hostiles trumpets I actually fell back into and I did not mean it I genuinely did not mean it I, I was just, just drunk? so drunk that uh. And and so frenzied because the music was so heavy and I was just doing the whole wild thing. I didn't realise and I just fell back into them. And um, Big Chris was so upset. Look, it, I deserved a doing, but I didn't actually mean it. I didn't mean it. And I've, look, I've spoke to him since and he was okay, but Big Jim had to look, step in and look, stop him basically. Who was the rest of when you were acting like this though, and like p- potentially not performing to your best because you were so drunk? What, oh was, no rest, what was the rest of your band thinking or saying to you? Uh, I remember them being. Because uh, um, I remember, we think. you know, I remember times where you've totally sabotaged yourself playing with us. And oh, I've got that streak. There's definitely that streak. You know, maybe you just weren't going through a good time at that point, and you've used drink, but then it's totally affected how you performed. Yeah. On stage, and you know. Um, I I think I do that. See, once something gets to a point where it's too big, and I think I can't. Uh, when I say too big, in the grand scheme of things, it's tiny. But I just don't, I look, as soon as it gets past my room, I start to get anxiety. <laughs> how crazy is that? But that's just how I am. Look, I, I think I'm just, like, that's my sanctuary. So I'll, I'll sit and write a song and do that. <coughs> but Or anything creative, once it goes out into the world, that's when I start to get anxiety. So when I play live, 
with the recovery especially, it was very, very um, aggressive. And that was, there was a show, and it was a character. Like, it was a character. It wasn't all, I wasn't fully invested in it, personally. So I was putting on a, an, yeah. act, an act, yeah. if you like, yeah. to a certain extent. It yeah. was genuine, but I was giving you the the whole big um, Shazam sort of thing. I don't know what you call it. I don't know what I'm talking about. But you know what I mean? Like you're giving it the big the big game. And um I think I just got to a point where I remember like sometimes it would spill over into like almost performance art. If that makes sense, but it was like shock. There was a shock value in it, like almost going into that whole Iggy Pop thing. But Again, it's got. Uh, it was partly. I know where it was rooted, though. It was definitely rooted in, like a, a some kind of like, not. Un, I wouldn't say I was unhappy, but it was definitely like a. Probably just disappointment. Like a sort of disappointment in myself. Just for not like. Doing as well as I could be. Yeah. Like then you are. But then when you're drinking before playing, you know that that's gonna, you're not going to be as good as you could be. Aye, that's... Because that it takes sharpness away from you, it takes... Yeah, no, you're right. And it's it's definitely um, one of those things where it's, it's a double-edged sword again. Look, where I've got that side of me, and I've got... Um, um, how do I... Look, it's very, very hard to describe... You're basically like saying that your mental health and your uh, and the alcohol is like combining. Yeah, uh, basically, and, uh, and then obviously it's that's going to make it worse. But for what? But that's that was your coping mechanism for feeling a certain way. That self medicating the 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 mental health thing and also the feeling that I'm not good enough, and then also. Yeah sabotaging anything that gets to a point where it might do something, I would sabot- I would just be like, this is too much for me. Bang. Done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just cut the head off before someone else cuts it off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's that way where you're kind of, you're not going to get me, I'll get myself before. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's complete. That's uh, the first time I've admitted that probably. Yeah. But that's totally what I do. Yeah. Look, I've, I'm bad for it. Look, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where it comes from. Are you working on that? Like, is that something I have, that you're I've trying been to... trying. No, look, I need to try not look, not to do that because uh, it's not constructive. And to be honest, I know deep down, I c- look, I'm perfectly capable of doing things, but I'm scared of ridicule. And uh, that's that's what most people are scared of. Opinion of others, and the opinion of others, but ridicule Which actually doesn't matter. It does not matter at all. Doesn't, but it doesn't. Like, see, and your what you're in a monologue is. Um, am I being too honest here? I don't know. Like, yeah, you can be as honest as you want to be. Um, it's, but it's I'm always sure as much as you're comfortable. As yeah, long as you're comfortable talking about what you're talking about, that's all that matters. I'm not particularly comfortable, but I think it kind of needs to be said. Well, that's but, but I, that's what I mean, though. Like, yeah, well, you know, this is 
you know, this is your podcast, man. And it's no, it's yours. Aye, but this is your I'm episode. This is your episode, <laughs> mate. You know, so I want you to be as open and honest as you want, but only what you are okay with talking yeah. about. But, well, off the back of that, what I'd say is, like, I think a lot of people are, are scared of ridicule, and I, th- I think it's a daft thing. It's something that I struggle with, so I can't give you the answer uh, to what, or, or give anyone or anyone the answer to what, uh, how to get over that. But it I used to hold me back. You think so? It used to hold me back big time, even when I was in a place of not drinking and doing better, when I was first getting into and my fitness and my healthy eating and everything else, it used to hold me back from doing certain or posting certain things or doing certain things because, yeah, like, I was the fucking big, overweight, drunk guy and then I was all of a sudden this person who's trying to promote a healthy lifestyle. And I could understand why certain people would maybe be like, who the fuck do you think you are? Get like shut up, stop posting about the, like you know. Get I got it all the time. Stop me, posting about the gym. Me personally, always, I don't understand that. You're always posting about the gym, blah blah blah. People said that, and that upset me. But and I didn't post, and it, it held me back. But I knew I wanted to be a coach. So when I got in a position where I was, I literally had to stop thinking like that because I was like, I'm never going to get anywhere if I don't do things because of the opinion of others or because what people are going to say and I would have not done this podcast, I would have not done So you mean you had like a forge ahead attitude like you just forge ahead that's it I had to but it was like listening to things like this that helped me doing that because I was listening to other people who were more experienced than me telling me if you want to be successful in this industry you need to fucking not think about the opinion of negative people because there's yeah. always going to be negative people. No matter how good you're doing, there's always going to be someone going, shut the fuck up. Yeah, there's you're always going to Blah, blah, blah. Jealousy. Let's be honest. There's, we'll call them C... Uh, um, Assholes. Cunts. <laughs> Aye, if you want. Let's just, let's just <laughs> call them what they are. I have, got that, I have got that explicit thing on the iTunes. It's fine. But there's always going to be people... <laughs> there is always going to be people... Is that the first cunt you've had? Probably not. All right, okay. There's always going to be people putting shit down, no matter how good you're doing. And uh, that's just the case. And yeah, I just had to block that out. And I had to just keep to do what I wanted to do. I had yeah. to make the posts I wanted to make about helping people, about how I turn my life around and not care about people going, he's not shut enough about this. He's blah, blah, whatever it may be. Because I can sit here and say I've helped people. I've helped, wh- I've helped people change their life. And I'm very proud of that. And if I had worried too much about what other people thought, that wouldn't have happened. No, exactly. But it took me a while. It took me a while to get there, man. Like it didn't just fucking happen. Right, it's not an it easy thing. It took a long fucking time. Yeah. And still now, still now, I'm like, oh, should I post still that? Still gonna have self doubts, man. Should I post that? I don't know. Um, but most of the time, yeah, I don't let, I don't let, um, I don't let hold myself back anymore. Because life's too short, man. And again, it's a cliche saying, but it's so true, man. Like I'll be sitting, I'll be sitting soon when I'm not able to do this kind of stuff hopefully going I'm fucking very glad that I decided to just do what I wanted rather than holding my holding my potential because people do that man I get so many people that I've trained and coached in the past who like say I would love to do that but everybody would laugh at me or people would slag me off and I'm just like man 
fuck that, get it done, like make Aye. that post. Make you know how scared people are when they're putting that transformation post up on their own page to say. I, I wouldn't let you put mine up at all. Like, see any? Do you yeah. remember? Like yeah, I was yeah. like, I wasn't having it. Like I wasn't like, you having. You had let me eventually, but I. But I like I'm. I'm I'm the exact same. But I'm see, guilty of it. But see when it happens, and people get that positive feedback that people saying holy shit, well done, holy shit, you look amazing, uh, or ask them questions about how they've done it. And, like, do you know how buzzing people get off that, man? It's like, it's amazing. Yeah. It is. Aye. No, I, I know, man. It's it's one of those things, um, I should probably take more of that uh, attitude, and I don't do it all. And I'm talking about, like, across everything. Yeah. Like, because I, I, there's a lot of self-doubt. But again, look, maybe I'm just being overly honest about it. Look, there's a lot of self-doubt there. And that probably fuels a lot of the way... Would you say Would you say it's held you back in life? Um, yeah, probably. In certain, a certain bit, points. A bit. I mean, I'm doing good. Look, don't get me wrong. Look, now I'm doing good, but like, it's... Definitely, yeah, it's hampered things, I would say. But I, I don't know if I would want the life. The only things like, the only things I've noticed that it's really hampered is my musical side of things. That's what I mean, man. Like That's for you. That's obviously going to be your biggest thing. Yeah, but would I want a life touring about? Probably not. If I'm being honest, like I don't... I can't see myself doing that, especially because I'm going to be a father soon, so like, I'm not... It's just not... Okay, well, I'm going to ask you this then. Fair enough. If that's... You wouldn't want that. But, going back to the job you hated, where you went, did you stay in that job too long? Definitely. Yeah. Because you said to me earlier how good it feels going to your current job and actually not feeling (laughs) like the way you used to feel. What a difference it makes to your overall mood and well-being in general life. Aye, so like... did. Oh yeah, you stayed in that job too long, didn't you? Yeah, look, I, and I it just probably have really affected your fucking health. No, it did. It definitely did. Uh, just staying in a rut. Don't stay in a rut. See if you think you can change something. If, if you are in that point, look, you'll know. Look, deep down, you know. Really, you do. And you just look. See if something's like someone's mugging you off and working. You can't be. There's no time. Is the most like. The money that they're paying you isn't... Like, see the money they pay you? Your time is worth more than that. If you think about how many hours a week you're in your job, Aye. that's a significant time significant. of your life. And if you Aye. literally despise those hours every fucking day and every week, like that is like that is so much time of your life that Aye. is getting fucking wasted away. And I've done it for five years. I hated every single fucking Aye. week doing a job I used to do but too scared of earning less money too scared of what people would maybe think of me if I went and done another job that wasn't as good or whatever if you know what I mean or but I should I, 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 okay. I should have just accepted that and went and got another job even if I was going to be more skint Aye. or whatever but if I was going to be slightly happier, it would have been worth it. Yeah. Because I'm in a position now where I love my job, right? And I, but 
I know that that's not going to be the case for a lot of people. It's very hard to find a job you love, but if you could at least find a job that you enjoy, yeah, or isn't making you ill, yeah, <laughs> it's a much different place to be in. Basically, yeah, it's all about people as well, because like, uh, don't get me wrong, like, the people that I was working with before were great, but the um, the top guys were not so. No, pardon me, I'm burping away. Um, the top guys were not so great, so. Um, yeah, like at the end of the day, like your time is worth more than they. It's at the end. Uh, what they pay you is like, you can decide if you want to accept it. Your time, what you've got it in the bank anyway. It's all yours. You don't know exactly how much you've got, mind you. But you know what have got today. So you may as well work, um, make the best of that. Like you don't know exactly how much you've got. But that's also a driver as well. Because you're like, tomorrow I could be pan bread. And um, I'm thinking more about that as I get older. Because I'm like, Jesus, time's rolling. And um, I don't think people fully appreciate that. Because they just take it for granted that everything's just going to be... Uh, all sunshines and rainbows forever, but it's you need to realise that things aren't quite that. Aren't we? we talked, we talked just a wee bit, a wee bit ago there about how mental health and alcohol are kind of yeah. merged uh, into the two. So when when did you start? Drinking, because let's again, it's, it's about being honest and stuff. And you've, you know, we've spoke about you, you're happy to talk about it and that. So you have had issues with alcohol mm-hmm. in your life, um, to a point that's probably affected your life, affected your health. So when did you start drinking heavier or heavy? Heavy, heavy. More than what you knew was healthy or that you should have? Or when did it start to have an impact on your life? Quite late, really. I can almost pinpoint it to you when I was 25. I would say like right. that was mm. when I started. Like was, that, was that because of how you were feeling at the time? Or did, um, it, did it just, was there something that triggered it? Or? There was a break in a relationship that happened and I was just like, ah, F this, I'll just do that. And then that just gave me a taste for something and it was just one of these things like where I went a wee bit crazy with it. But for a few years there, it just went... I didn't snowball. I didn't, like, never make work. I didn't, like... I was always a functioning guy. Look, it was always fine. There wasn't, well, it wasn't fine, but you know what I mean? Look, yeah. I was always um, moving and still going. Oh, it, it, it wasn't. From the outside, there's your mate looking in, come back years here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would say it definitely affected you. Yeah. Negatively. Um, 
as a friend who was playing music with you and stuff like that, that was probably the biggest thing. It probably just it was something that would hold you back from your potential with your music. Probably. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Um, I don't know. That and probably myself. A bit. Like just trying to deal with things and I you're probably right. I don't know. So it would definitely would you say definitely made your mental health worse? Um it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Possibly. I don't know. Possibly. Who knows? Like, I, d I don't know, because there was so many things happened as well that could affect that, and also your mental state is not always um, based on your your alcohol consumption or any kind of drug drug consumption. Like, it doesn't always... Well, obviously it affects it, but it's not always the key factor in it. I don't know. It's hard to know. Possibly. It's it's one it's a strange one. I mean I watched um my own mother had um issues when I was a kid. Don't know if I want to talk too much about it, but she had like um mental problems and yep. went away for a while and came back and She's always kind of drank, but um, I don't know if that's as a result of that or vice versa. I d I'm not really sure. So are you in a position now where it's more under control? I would say so. Yeah. Good. It's, um, it's definitely... I've kind of... Like, over the past, I would say over the past year... It's always been like a, it's an ongoing thing. I would say like yeah. I'm not fully out the woods by any stretch of the imagination. I've been trying to look when I came to look meet you to do the training and stuff. That's yeah. I'm just asking these questions. Obviously, you're maybe a bit maybe it's hard to talk about. It's hard to fully open up about it, which is which is understandable. Totally, yeah. I get that. Um, you know, it's not an easy thing you're talking about in public as well. Um, you know, as I said, I was just in a place where I was concerned about you as a friend. Obviously, after I'd stopped drinking, because then I was I was clearer and I was seeing things better and stuff like that. And I could definitely see it, you know, affecting yeah. you in ways. And you know, we had our times where we would not get on this so well when we were in the band uh, because you were being drunk at band practice or uh, being drunk at gigs and you weren't playing. That's what I'm talking about, holding yourself back because you weren't do playing to your true potential and stuff like that. And, yeah, it was worrying, oh, man. Oh, no, definitely. I was, I was worried about you. I was definitely very worried about you a couple, uh, a couple of points. I think that's definitely something that I've gone through. Look, all through my life, though, I've done that. Look, uh, I don't know why. I, I could not tell you why. Look, if I was to... Well, you. it has to be something to do with your anxiety or playing look, your music. Yeah, look, no, well, obviously, I've, I've kind of gone through that, but that's, like... I can't really give you a straight. That's fair enough. A straight mate. answer on that. I get like, that. It's to say, like it is, like what I was saying. It's like it is. I kind of. I know if I just let it go, let that go, 
I could just like open myself up, but I always feel like I'm open myself up to ridicule. That's what it is, it's ridicule. So then I would always go, right, fuck this, just sabotage it. Cut it's it so off. frustrating to watch yeah. as a friend. I know, I don't know why it's I do It's so it. I frustrating. I have no idea why I do it. Because it, uh, it links into uh, you know, the training with me as well. Because yeah. you started off so well and everything went great. But as soon as you kind of fell back into drinking a wee bit more, yeah, it didn't happen as much. And it was frustrating to watch because I knew you had it in you, but there was this thing holding you, there was this thing stopping you from getting the progress you wanted. Yeah, I, d- I don't know what that is. Well, we'll talk about the training then. Like, you know, I remember how it started. You had an engagement party at uh, your wife's house. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just that day. We just, you were like, oh, I think I want to start training. And you did say, because you, you thought it would help you with your overall lifestyle and your health and your mental health and drinking yeah. and stuff. So we decided then that we were going to get going, and yeah, you came in and you started training, and you've done great, man. I think you definitely yeah. stopped drinking as much, oh, aye. or altogether for a yeah. period of time, and you could see that your fitness was increasing, your physique was looking a lot better, you built a lot of muscle. The before and after picture is insane. Like, you literally, oh, the before <laughs> picture, there's literally nothing on you. <laughs> and then the second picture, you're, like, healthier. You look healthier, you're thicker, there's muscle, you look strong. Even just in your face, you look a lot better. Mm. So it was a great transformation. How did uh, how did that, how did that all help with you in terms of, like, oh, the gym def- and the running and all that and the healthy eating? No, it definitely made me feel good because it's one thing that um, me and Heather did that together a lot as well, like yeah. doing like the gym, like going to like running and stuff. And um even she was doing weights as well. So look that was great. Um it's something that like we've not had a chance see since I've moved away. Because obviously I used to stay in Glasgow. Uh so outside of Glasgow and moved to Inverkip, which is a wee town past Greenock, so one a bit further out the way, so it's a bit harder to get a gym that's local. Um, there is a few, but not so good. But um, as far as that goes, there there is definitely benefits to be ha- like as far as that goes for um, mental health and just general well-being. It makes you feel so much better. Just it gives you more energy as well. I find. See if you, like, just first thing in the morning, if you're doing something like that, yeah. or even after work, like, some, like, a lot of the time I was going after work, most of the time I was going after work, and um, that was, like, a kind of energiser, because you'd come home thinking, I've got nothing left in the tank. There was plenty. But I used to also use my stress from work and go to the pub and de-stress. I stopped drinking, I found the gym, I used to go to the gym and de-stress, and what a healthier fucking <laughs> way to live your life than getting pissed every night, rather than working on your, your health and your fitness, Yeah. to de-stress. I mean, do you reckon that's like, what you do now? Like, personally, would you reckon that's what you do now, what you've replaced? Like I don't that? get the same, st- obviously I don't get that stress from work now, Yeah. Um, but what I, what training does, it's like therapy, to me now it's like 
as much as I've not drank in six years and I'm in a much better place, I still live every day without my dad, which is really hard. I still have urges to drink and go out and get pissed with my mates like a normal person. Which I'm, tw- you know, I'm 31 years old. I'm still young. I can't. I don't do that. But I'd love to. I can't do that. Um, other things that um, can have a negative effect on my on my mindset and training is what picks me up and makes me feel good and makes me feel energized and alive and gives me time to think and. Mm-hmm. When I don't do it, yeah, it definitely has an impact on how I feel. But I don't go for like, very old periods of time at all without doing it. Yeah. It's definitely beneficial, I would say, like, as far as that's concerned. Did it help you with confidence? Um. Oh, that's a separate thing. I don't... Confidence-wise, probably it did a little. But... Yeah, there's, that's another thing that I'd probably need to address outside of any kind of um, training or anything like that. Yeah. That's more of a mental thing. Like you just can't... Confidence is inherently low Yeah. for me. But that's it's just the way it is. And you wouldn't think it to see that like, when I'm playing live and stuff... Like, if I play in a band, you just put, oh, that guy's obviously confident. Aye, totally. Is he fucked? No, you're totally the opposite, Aye. man. Opposite. Yeah. Right. What about the diet side of things? I think that um, when you first started training with me, I don't really, I think your diet was okay, but you just, it wasn't really structured or you weren't yeah. eating enough of certain things. Yeah, I, won't, I mean, I've always been quite a healthy eater, any, like, as far as that goes, because I'm. But you wouldn't eat, though. Oh, that's that's a different thing again. Um, yeah, like I used to more or less starve myself. That was another thing that happened through my teens, and um, it went right up into my twenties. And even now, I still a wee bit of bother with that. Um, n- not bother with that. Like, yeah, like it's, I suppose it's just like a one of those things where it's like you you think about your the way you look and all that and you feel down about yourself you're like ah, I'll probably not have that yeah probably not have this I'll probably not have that so you start cutting things out trying to make us try to control it's all about control with that it's a control thing but then starting coaching you started having like prop you, you were eating three meals a day oh I was snacks e- every eating day. way more than I'd ever ate yeah. look I was like in an Looking skinnier as well, not skinnier, but like leaner, leaner. healthier. Yeah. Like, which is crazy. I was, j- I just couldn't get my head around it because I'd, I'd spent so many years just going, oh, I won't have this, yep. or I won't have that. So I was cutting things out, and then once I'd started training, I was like, all right, so you still need to be in calorie deficit, but you need to be eating a lot and training. Yeah, like so you're in protein. Yeah, to help your muscle recovery, training. Exactly, and rather than just being in calorie deficit and doing nothing, which or is an extreme calorie deficit, well that's what it is. No energy and yeah, well that's what it is. Tired and not drinking enough water. The basic I'm stuff. Just not like. doing anything. Like that's what I was doing before. That's what like, right through my uh, early twenties. Like, I had a big problem with it. That. that was like a an OCD thing. Like I couldn't. 
but again, it's just not being able to accept yourself. I'm painting a really dark picture of myself here, by the way. I'm not a sad guy. I feel good. Like, right now, I'm just talking about, like, the way I was in the past. This is all past tense. Aye, well, I mean, what what day-to-day things then do you do now that help you? Now is... uh, I've I've got back into doing like my training of sorts, not full pelt, like going to the gym and stuff. I've got weights, do my weights, do um uh body weight exercises. I've started to do a bit of running but I need to get really into that because that's something I really want to start doing. Probably thinking about getting a running machine but they say that that's not as good as running. I'd get outside, surface. to be honest, but yeah, just depends sometimes. The they say so that. What, what do you reckon about that? Like, um, that's another thing that's a big debate about with uh, running um, on tarmac or uh, running machine. I would always go outside for. Well, a run. I, no, I'm talking about the actual benefit. What the benefits of like apparently running hard, like running on hard surfaces on like. Um, Streets and hills and all that—that's that—that's a lot better for you. Yeah. Than just doing it on a treadmill because you don't d- get the same exercise. No, on a treadmill apparently. No, it's definitely different because if you're on a treadmill, you're still running, but you've got a belt moving, so helping, helping you. Do you reckon strides. that's to do with like the regulated because it's a flat surface? So if you're going on to like surfaces that are uneven, your muscles are working harder. It's definitely, it's definitely different. You know, you. you you, if you're outside, you can't control if you're going on an incline, if you're running downhill, if you're running Aye. straight, if you're on a trail, you've got, you know, things to, you know, hills and lumps and bumps to and run over and you're powering at all. Yeah. So if you try and sprint on a treadmill and you go and sprint outside... Tell me the difference. It is so much harder to sprint outside because it definitely you feels have harder. to run. You have to run fast. Nothing's making you run fast. You have to generate that power and sprint. And it's so much harder than sprinting on a treadmill. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, like exercise is obviously something that's helping you. Mm-hmm. Music with your health. Music definitely helps. That's always going to be a constant in my life as well. Writing music. Writing it. Recording. Writing it, recording it. You still playing gigs in Greenock? Um, not so much. Not played in a while? No, not so much. Plans um, for the future in terms of gigs, music, that kind of thing? Uh, writing a whole load of stuff. We'll see what happens. I was actually talking to Jim the other day, the guy that was managing recovery. He looked about starting a heavy band again. Nice. So we'll see what happens, but it'll definitely be different from the last time. I need to rein it in. Yeah. Well, obviously, this year is obviously a massive year. Huge. You've got a a child on the way. Child on the way. Uh, You got married two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. I was one of your best men. Thanks for that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Then you bought a house with your wife. Everything's changed. And you're going to have a kid now, man. It's like, it's all massive. Yep. And it's all happened within... And you got a a new job and... Almost like a a year span. Yeah. Just did it all. 
Do you know why? Do you know why that was? <laughs> I, do you know why that was though? I just thought like, fuck it, we we'll just do the whole lot in one go. Fuck it, why not? Because like, a lot of people would go, oh, that's too much stress. I can only do one of those things in that time, and I just thought, I don't. I might not have time to do all this stuff, so well, I may as well do it now. Well, obviously, you obviously feel it's uh, obviously it's what you want, and uh, yeah. you know you're happy. Um, and that's the main thing. No, that's it. Yeah, you got two lovely wee dogs. Aye, lovely wee dogs, and so I. So it's looking, it's looking bright, man. It's definitely looking bright. I'm not doing too bad at all. I could be a little more healthy, but we all could. We're man. working on that. We all could. It's the fact that like, as long as you're working towards it, and I think that's the main thing because you can always improve, and it's the same with anything in life as well. Like music, I'll always be learning. As far as my um, just knowledge as well, like you're always learning. Like I'm always like reading books and whatnot. Like it's good, man. It's all good stuff. Uh, you know, you sound like you sound like you are doing the necessary things that you need to do to become a better version of you. Go yeah. forward. Exercising, writing music, doing the things you enjoy, spending time with your wife, spending time with your dogs, reading, listening to podcasts. It's all positive stuff, man. That's it. Just trying to get there. Don't know where it is I'm going, but... Well, fatherhood, mate. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) No, I know that. What would would your advice to be somebody who's listening to this, who maybe is having some struggles and doesn't really know... Where to go, where to turn? What would your what would your advice for them to be in terms of starting oh, to um, starting to get 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 the necessary help? Necessary help. Um, speak to your family. Look, if you and if you if that's not an option, friends will always like. They'll always help out, and like I was saying earlier, like you, uh, if you don't have those things, there's always someone you can speak to. Definitely is. If you feel like that isn't the case, like it, like it is, that there definitely is people that can you can speak to. Um. I mean that that's that's basically why I, I went. I ended up going to the doctor when I was feeling really low, and. They do help you out and they do give you services. There are services where you can speak to people. I had done that as well. And look, you do need to utilise those services before the Tories take it away. Hopefully they don't. But that was a wee bit political. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's uh, so important, though, that people understand that friends, family, do just want to help. I remember, Christ, I was basically homeless for three weeks and you took me in. Without, right, without yeah. even, no, without even asking yeah, for a penny or whatever, you just no. you just let me stay in your fucking house until well, I Why would it? Look, why would I not? Exactly. Yeah. And if the same has ever happened to you, you know that I'd be there. I'd do the same for you. And I remember that day that you were in a very bad way, and I went. I came into the house and literally sat on your bed, stroking your back. <laughs> so you did all day, man, all <laughs> night, because I was worried that you're because I was worried about you. I wasn't. Doing d- I well, you know, things happen. Those things happen, and people are there for you. And um, I speak speaking up is probably just the best thing. Eh? That's it. 
That's it. I think we're pretty much there, man. Are we there? So, can I just ask one last question? Of course. Did you ever find out who did a poo in your oven? <laughs> Mate. <laughs> it's always been John. <laughs> it's the Jenkins. It's always been John, man. <laughs> so, right, the backstory to this is... Um, there was a party. I know that I'm out because I wasn't there. But there was a party in his old flat and yes. in the wild days. In the wild, wild. Somebody was it the West then? Somebody pooed in my baking tray and put it in the oven. Did they not bake it as well? No, they didn't actually bake it. Luckily, <laughs> I, found it next, luckily I found it the next day before I baked my dinner. And I mean, yeah, it was John. It has to be. <laughs> There's nobody else at that party that would have done that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> okay. Is that us? I think so, man. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on and talking, man. It's all right. You're welcome. And uh, any final words? No, I, don't, I think I said it all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mate. After. <laughs>